Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk Podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Que pasa, que pasa, que pasa, loyal members of the Wrestle Talk family. It is your boy, The Night Owl, checking in here first for episode 395 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Joining me tonight on the ones and twos, the DJ, the MC of this whole thing, our audio engineer, the prestigious Hardcore Hoss. What up, Hoss? What's going on, Night Al? Good to be here. Good to see you tonight. Bro, I am feeling good and looking even better if I do say so myself. Only five episodes away for episode 400. And to be honest with you, I think that deserves a round of applause. So let me say just one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, only five stinking episodes away from episode 400. Hold on, let me hit the SAP button. That means episode 400 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. Can we get a round of applause? For you see Skywalker, you see Dick Douglas, you see Sonny Mayo, you see Chris Rodell, you see Jeremy Carb, you see Nightmare Jones. That's how you give the audio engineer a lead in to a drop. You got you got to love me for that, right, Hoss? You got to love me for that. That's right. You're like, hold on a second. You're like, yo, hit that drop, Hoss. And Hoss is like, let me find it. Hold on. <laughs> like, Buy me some time, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Bro, before we get on and rocking and rolling and bring the illustrious, the prestigious, the man that's the proprietor of the city on the hill, because I am co-hosting with the one and only Dick Douglas here tonight. Let me ask you a question, man. How are you? How is the family? And how excited are you for tonight's episode? Oh, man, I'm looking forward to tonight's episode, you know, uh, and... Looking forward to finding out more about the guys that are coming on. And I know that there's a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. And uh, I'm going to fill you in at some point on the the thing that Joey and I went to, the Baltimore Celeb Fest. You know, we had a heck of a time at that. So coming off of a good time there. And so just looking for a good all around great episode. Dude, and you know I'm looking forward to it as well. I can't wait till we talk about Celeb Fest, bro. Already an announcement for Celeb Fest 5. We'll go down the card and talk about everybody that was there and some of the interactions that you guys had, okay? But before we go much further, we have to pay homage. We have to pay respects. And I know Dick Douglas fashionably late as always. Let's go ahead and handle some business. You can put me on single screen and go ahead and give me that ticker, baby, because we got to put over the illustrious sponsors of the WrestleTalk family. Starting with, let's go ahead and get that ticker going. Starting with Everything Combat featuring Pat Milicic and Jay Hollywood, King Cade Arcade, 
Esports Bar KC, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Production, Rathbun Engraving, Mi Fiesta KC Party Rentals, Norbleman's Barber Lounge in Kansas City, Missouri. Do not forget to ask for Pete the Barber. And of course, the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion, the Fantasy Wrestling Worldwide Chapter. And you'll be happy to hear this, Hoss. During the break today, we're not going to be hitting music. We're not going to give you guys a snippet of a match. No, we've actually got the CEO himself coming in and breaking down for about five minutes or so the full FWWC card for this upcoming Friday. So there's absolutely no excuse for you guys to miss even one second of tonight's episode. And let me just say this. I had every excuse in the world. You know why? Because work is driving me freaking crazy. Just wait for shoot and shout. <laughs> um, but also my Miami Heat are starting the Eastern Conference Finals tonight against those hated, nasty, mean Boston Celtics. But you know what? Even that, Hoss, is not important enough for your boy, the Night Owl, to miss 375 of the Wrestle Talk podcast. This is the kind of guy I am. You get what I'm saying? You capiche? John, understand me? Hey, you, you told me once before, you know, that uh, you are Hispanic. You don't want to miss your work for nothing. Nah, dude. No days off, baby. Way, way before that one dude. What was his name? He was Titus's partner. Uh, come on, help me out. Comment section. Who's my man? Who's my man? Uh, came out like four years ago being gay. Super duper talented guy. Think he even worked impact. What is his name, Mr. Mo no days off. Uh, uh, you know what? It's fine. Dick Douglas will know. Dick Douglas will know. So before we get into the national anthem and all that kind of stuff, Ladies and gentlemen, joining me for episode 395 as my co-host this evening, the one, the only, the proprietor of the city on the hill, a man of a movement that is to restore professional wrestling to its previous prestige, the one and only Richard Dick Douglas. Uh, what? What is the meaning of this? Skywalker, what are you doing here? Where's Dick Douglas? It's episode 395, Renee, and it's a special episode. It's an international episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. And you know something? Richard Douglas is known for stirring things up here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. No, no, no. But tonight, he's known for not showing up to the Wrestle Talk podcast. That is what he is known for. Okay? Let's speak facts here, but I'm sorry for interrupting. Please continue. <laughs> Well, you know something, though? He always stirs up trouble wherever he goes. He talks about his movement. Well, tonight, I thought it'd be only fitting that since he's, again, fashionably late as always, why not have a true broadcast journalist sitting alongside my good friend, the Night Owl, here tonight on episode 395? And if you look at the title, Oh Canada, that's right, not just one, but two Canadian guests here on the program here tonight. It's going to be a great show. Uh, okay, well, it is going to be a great show, but apparently I look like a Smurf today, so, okay, I will take that. Uh, our boy, the Albino Rhino, watching This is 40, and you guys all look 50 plus, thank you very much. Uh, I wear sunglasses inside, yes, but you don't make it look as good as I do. Sunny, 395 all day, baby, sorry, let me run through these comments. Yes, the Dick Riders want Dick. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and start that chant at your local wrestling show, see how long you're allowed to stay in the building. Uh, Blues start round two, Stanley Cup playoffs. How about that? We'll talk a little hockey here during the shoot and shout segment. Don't you worry about that. Darius, Darian, Darian Young. That's right, Zach, my guy. You know what? 
You know what? I got something for you, Zach. I've been trying to give this away for the last couple of weeks. And I, I was looking for an excuse. So, Zach, shoot me a DM, brother, and I've got a special gift for you. Plus, I was at CSW this weekend, and I thought you did an outstanding job. But anyway, <coughs> this is yours, my friend. Congratulations, courtesy of the FWWC Wrestle Talk Podcast and our sponsor, Oni, who provided this to the show for us to give away for you guys. Okay? So, congratulations. Hardcore Hoss, make a note of that because we officially have somebody that has been awarded this illustrious NWO lunchbox. Congratulations to you, Zach. Congratulations to you. Oh, look at that. Skywalker. Looks like we got a special visitor in the house tonight, man. You want to give the man a shout out? I'll give Herb Simmons a shout out. Like I say, he's joining the program here tonight. Had an opportunity to see Herb a couple weeks ago at the Midwest Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame. It's always good to see Herb Simmons checking us out here tonight on the Wrestle Talk podcast. I can tell that you're ready to go, Renee. Really? You got everything set up and ready to rock and roll there. <laughs> and you know something else, too, Renee? I'm looking there. It's a reminder one of those great Wrestle Talk podcast mugs, guaranteed. And I have to ask you because we've had some, some, some wonderful. Um, Marketing analysis, I guess would be the best word to put it. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do right now. Taste it and tell me how much colder that drink is right now. I don't. I guess I guesstimate by saying that I believe it is 17.6% colder and tastier out of a WrestleTalk podcast mug. And listen, I know I teased it a little bit the last time that I was on. But come episode 400, not only are we unveiling the new logo, we might even be unveiling some new merch. So make sure you guys put it on your calendar because episode 400 is going to be out of effing control. Five you dig what I'm saying? Five, five more, it. baby. We're, 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 five times. Five times. Five times. That's five right, time, baby. Five times. Well, anyway, well, let me get my uh, my tool ready here because we've gone through the sponsorship. We've said que pasa to all our friends and family. And you guys know what time it is, baby. This would not be a WrestleTalk podcast episode unless we took a moment to respectfully remove our caps for those of us wearing one and pay homage to the greatest country on God's green earth. And that's America, damn it. Boss, hit that music. <laughs> something guys somewhere joe lance is 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 sitting back he's got about three or four tears in his eye again a great opportunity but you know something guys i feel remiss tonight is a very special night we have vance nevada we have ga again trying to make sure that my french is correct correct but you know something renee we pay homage to the greatest country in the world i think out of respect for our guests tonight that it would only be fitting 
considering both of our guests are from our neighbors to the north. If it would be so kind, and Hardcore Hoss, I think you've got it ready, to pay our respects to our neighbors to the north in honor of our guests tonight. And out of respect, because we can talk about it in basketball, talk about it in hockey, baseball, you name it. Out of respect to our guests tonight, let's go ahead and show our respect for our neighbors to the north of Canada. Let's do it. gentlemen again showing our respect to our neighbors to the, to the north canada and i can tell you right now guys when you talk about professional wrestling you talk about professional wrestling here in the united states but there's been a lot of great wrestling in the world of canada when you're talking about toronto you talk about uh calgary you talk about winnipeg there uh, i talked about edmonton there's a lot of great uh old school wrestling territories and a lot of great promotions today that call canada home and tonight we're gonna have two guests from both Sides of Canada are going to be here on the program tonight. I got to ask you guys this week, in about the last 48 hours, the wrestling world has gone upside down about seven times. And we've all had a chance to talk about it uh, off air, but tonight we need to bring it up here. And Hardcore Hoss, I know you're ready because we have a lot of great things to talk about. And again, make sure you keep putting those comments in the comment section. We're going to have a lot of great questions here tonight. On- on the Russell Talk Podcast High Spot segment. So go ahead, Hardcore Hoss, if you would be so kind for that intro for the High Spot segment. Mic check, mic check. Yeah! All right, all right. Russell Talk Podcast. DJ Money. Welcome to high spots, but we pop news like rare shots. We dumb shots coming through the screen with a laptop. It's non-stop like I wanna sleep with a black dot. We hit hard like get shots and backdrops. I'm a fuck flash, feel like a belly flop. Now that's hard. We up the scene, but they stay slow. Wrestle talk, podcast. Now they know we about to start the show. Uh. You good, Night Owl? Uh, dude, I'm always riding. I love DJ Money, man. That's my that's my jam. I be playing. I be playing that in the car all the time, bro. I'm not even gonna lie. Like it's oh, right man. Now. You look like you're just ready to rock and roll. I mean, you got the shades going. You got the Wrestle Talk podcast mug. It's high spots time here. You know what? It's been a little bit, Night Owl. So I'm gonna go ahead. Again, it is Night Owl being in the in the the host seat here tonight. 
let's go ahead and start off with you. I know there's a lot of great things in the world of pro wrestling that are on your mind. And I, I whoa, I want to hear Hardcore Hoss freestyle rap over the high spots beat. Could that be arranged? I don't know. I think Haas is a little bit of a renaissance man. If you gave him, if we gave him a week, I bet you he could. I bet you can go at least like thirty seconds. Hey, episode four hundred, we can make it happen. What? What? We'll have him rapping and we'll have Joey singing. It'll be. It'll be extraordinary. That is true. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) The ratings are gonna go through the damn roof. I tell you. All right. Well, listen, I know we've got a lot of different stuff to touch on. And um, for our friends spectating out there, in case you guys have never had the opportunity to do live radio, if we repeat ourselves, it's not because we're parents, it's because we're trying to buy each other some time. So if we say we're going to respect Canada 14 times, Pinky, deal with it. (laughs) Okay. Skywalker is a highly educated, extremely successful individual. Okay, he's a leader of men, women, and children. So if he repeats himself, it's not because he's dyslexic. Okay, it's because it's because he's trying to buy us some time. Damn it! It's live radio, you assholes. Can I get some Iron Sheik right now? I need some Iron Sheik right now in my life. I feel like I need some Iron Sheik right now. Yeah, there we go. There's that. (laughs) Don't talk shit on Skywalker. That's my homie. All right. And you know leave something leave I have, alone, bro. I gotta give you I gotta give you a thank you on that too. Because I'm, I'm not gonna fib. We got a great show tonight, but I'm also kind of thinking a little bit ahead. Uh we had a great dinner tonight. I got some uh some great barbecue pork steaks. I'm two days from my birthday. Oh damn, 25, right bro. We all been yeah. waiting. That's a big birthday. It's a big one. It's it's one of those big birthdays. <laughs> and like I said, a lot of people are gonna give me grief, but you know what? Don't give me grief because tonight it's high spots right here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, and it's gonna be a great show. I didn't repeat myself there. No, you didn't. And you know what's awesome? We don't even have to defend each other because the members of the Wrestle Talk podcast family are going to defend us. And I will quote my sister right here and John's sister, Pinky Shush. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, shut up, man. Sonny. You and the Dick Riders need to stay, keep your damn mouth shut. Don't nobody. Anyway, speaking of which, where the hell is Dick Douglas? Nobody gave me an explanation just yet as to where this man is. First, he's dating starlets. Then he's over there. He's like the only person at Joe Biden's presidential address. It was like him and like two other people. Yet he can't manage to be here. Look, dude, I'm getting tired of this guy. We're going to have to look at the fine print of his contract. He needs to be here more often. It's like he's missing the show about 50% of the time. And I know you're not going to hold him accountable, Skywalker, because you got a soft spot for him. Uh, Hoss, I know you're obsessed with the damn guy. You're the leader of his damn fan club. So I'm the only one that's subjective around here. I mean, it's just ridiculous. He is a busy man on the campaign trail. Come on now. Dude, he's scheduled to be on the show. What better place to get exposure for your movement than right here on the WTP? Somebody tell me. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Anybody? Anybody? Well, no, you know, I didn't and, think and so. You, you have a point. This, this is a good place for his movement. And, you know, that's why he has people such as myself that advocate for him when he can't be here. Okay, that's great. I'm, I hope he pays you well. Okay? Okay? Uh, anyway, we got high spots to get into. You guys heard the music. We're 10 minutes away from our featured guest. Why don't we go ahead and get into the first high spot segment? What do you guys say? That works for me. All right, the first high spots question. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> but before we do, before we do, can we drop the question of the night? So we will extend high spots throughout the remainder of the show for you guys to comment on. 
And here is tonight's fan question of the night. Skywalker, reading isn't my strong suit. We all know that. So why don't you go ahead and read that off for us? Tonight's fan question of the night is who should Ric Flair face in his final matchup? Oh, oh damn, bro. Are you harnessing like your inner Chris Rodell there? That was like the, the ring announcer voice. That was kind of clean right there, my guy. I like that. that was kinda... Hey, I got to look at it this way. <laughs> Man, it's one of those where this is a big this is a big question here. And again, this is one of those where I've seen a lot of people talking about it. And again, we're going to talk about this all night long. But there's been at least one individual, and I know there's been a lot of people talking about it. But there's one individual I've had the opportunity to read on countless occasions. That being former WCW announcer Chris Cruz. And as everybody knows, Ric Flair has made has made the agreement that in July. He will be once again returning to the ring. And a lot of people have been making the comment of does Ric Flair or should Ric Flair be allowed to return to the ring? This is a, a very a very highly debated topic. And I'm going to go ahead and start right here. I mean, to me, I've been a professional wrestler. I've been around professional wrestling for 35 years. I know what's up in the world of pro wrestling. Once it gets in your blood, it doesn't go away. But I got to tell you right now, I would be very concerned about Ric Flair being in the ring. Not because of the fact that he's not the 60-minute man. He's not the one that can go all night long. He's not Mr. Space Mountain. <laughs> That's he's not what the ladies say. <laughs> That's not what the ladies say. I, I seen the look on Hoss's face. He's like, there's a joke there. There's a joke there. <laughs> I set up the joke. You nice, go ahead and nice. get the home run. Well done. But, but here's the idea. And I just look at it this way. One of the individuals has said that Ric Flair has a pacemaker put in. He's got a lot of health issues that have been addressed. And it, it really concerns me with all of the health issues he has. Would it be safe for him to get in the ring. To me, I don't know if I would be willing to test it. He's had a phenomenal career, the greatest of all time. But I don't know. I mean, he's gone in the ring. He's been training. I've seen video footage of him working out with Jay Lethal. All these things are there. But I don't know if I can justify this one. Well, I, I want to give Hardcore Haas an opportunity to jump on this one first. And by the way, this is the fan, excuse me, this is the fan question of the night. So throughout the night, we're going to continue to post this picture. I mean, this, this question. And if you guys have a strong and firm answer, I actually have another prize in my back pocket. So the lunchbox that Zach, that Zach won a little bit earlier, it's not the only thing we have available. If you guys got a strong take on this, go ahead and drop it in the comment section or let us know you want to jump on and join. And we'll give you the opportunity to do that. Number two, I'm going to throw this back up real quick, Hoss. Shout out to our boys at I-70 Hot Tag. Uh, had an opportunity to meet these guys at uh, Central States this past weekend. By the way, shout out to Simon. Shout out to Trinity. Shout out to Strider. Shout out to all the incredible talent, the fans, the security, uh, Dan at the at the, at the ticket taking ticket taking table. Everybody for making this past weekend show one of my favorite wrestling shows of all time. And I've been to a lot of wrestling shows, damn it. But damn, Central States, not only because of the name and the lineage, but the action that they put on, let a strap match, Derek Neal, Moonshine Mantel, Mike Outlaw versus 
uh, uh, versus Jeremy Wyatt and so on and so forth. But shout out to the I-70 Hot Tag guys for being in the house and repping hardcore, baby. Go ahead. Uh, speaking of hardcore, Hoss, uh, I'm going to let you jump on this one first, baby. What do you think? Well, um, I would think that uh, somewhere along the line, his doctors and stuff have uh, weighed in on it. And, you know, if there's no real serious life concern from them to the point to make them say this cannot happen then i don't see any reason you know to say no absolutely not um if he's willing to get back in the ring he wants to do it and it's not jeopardizing his actual life then you know let let the man do it now if it actually jeopardizes his life then i i would say no he shouldn't be back in there but yeah, you know, I'm sure that if it was that far, he would say, no, he didn't want to do it. Well, I think that's a great assessment. And I will say this. I, when I saw the phrasing of this question, I was offended. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think wondering whether or not it makes sense for him to be in the ring is, is an unfair question. I do believe that asking if Rick Flair should be allowed to be in the ring is offensive. You know why? Because of these three colors, Jack. You see him right here? You don't tell a man whether or not he's allowed to be in the ring unless he's been deemed unsafe, okay? Regardless of what his doctors say, regardless of what the fans say, as long as the people hiring him and paying him to do this job deem him to be safe inside the squared circle, only God himself should be able to stop Ric Flair from getting back in the square circle. And by the way, I got a good friend of mine representing Kansas City via South Philadelphia, born and raised on my playgrounds, right? He's just going on. Anyway, not him, not, not that guy, not the guy that slaps people, the other guy, Sonny Money Mayo. He's gonna have some, he's gonna have something to say about this. But I should just say that whoever phrased this question should have their, their citizenship stripped away and they should be sent to live in Canada for a couple of days or Mexico or or somewhere else. Because you don't tell a man when it's time for him to hang it up. A man should be able to make that decision on his own for the only reason is that we're in America, Jack. And in this country, you work until you want to work. You don't work when you don't want to work. Trust me, there's a lot of people that do that. <laughs> Point being, no one should have the right to tell a legend like with uh, like Ric Flair whether he should or should not be allowed, quote-unquote, allowed, quote-unquote, to return to the ring that the question itself is is offensive on that note ladies and gentlemen coming on to the show sunny money mayo and sunny money mayo 2.0 let's see what we got going on here oh yo ah, say what's up who say is that up, handsome devil up. say what's up russell talk what's up night, baby. yo what's up man yo, what's yo, up night out yo your what's boy up, looks What's up, Uncle Luke? Fly Walker, happy early birthday, my friend. Thank you, thank you. Listen, fellas, I'm not going to be here for long, but I did have to jump on, on here, on video, on StreamYard with you guys to answer this. I couldn't just get my point across in the comment section. I'll be back in the comment section once I jump off of here. Um, I want to get to this question with Ric Flair, but before we do, I want everybody to know as the personal consultant of Mr. Dick Douglas, he sends his regards. He will be here as soon as possible. But Dick Douglas, as you guys can see, 
It's not like him at all to be running late. In fact, he's a guy who prides himself being on time, but he's not here at the moment. So thank God we have Uncle Luke Flywalk over there. We got the night out and Hardcore Hoss holding it down for the ones and twos. So Dick Douglas sends his regards. Now with the don't, don't butter us up. Don't butter us up. That man refuses to show up here again tonight. He's missing about 50% of his appearances on the Wrestle Talk podcast. Don't try to butter me up, okay, unless you got tacos or something. Otherwise, I don't want to hear it. Listen, Night Out, we could sit here for the whole next hour and 45 minutes and talk about all the great things that Dick Douglas does, not only for the St. Louis community, not only for the Midwest community, but for America in general. I see this man as president Cheers. one day, and I hope you vote for him, Renee. I really mean that. You have a take, sir. I mean, seriously. Yes, I do. Let me get that take. Okay. The Nature Boy. Woo! The Nature Boy. Put that man in the ring. Just let him in the ring. Listen, no one was saying nothing back in 1997 when Terry Funk was doing a moonsault in ECW in South Philly at 68 years old. No one was saying nothing about Vader when he was over in Japan and with known, known heart failure and still going in the ring and giving it everything he's got. Pro wrestling has a history of these older guys, and just like Flywalker said before, once that business is in your blood, it's hard to get out, man. It's hard to say, my time is up. I know Ric Flair has a pacemaker. I know he's a recovering alcoholic. I know he's had his issues. But this man has gave more to the business than really anybody I can think of. So if he chooses to have a match in which the rumored match being a six-man tag, then let him have his shot. Now, here's my concern with it, though. Rick Flair stated on the record that when he has that pays that big bar tab, when he goes up to that big wrestling ring in the sky, how he wants to do it is in the ring. So I almost wonder, is this some type of swan song, not only for Rick Flair's wrestling career, but his life? You have to almost ask that question, guys. So with that being said, I thank you guys for my time. My little money mayo in here. He's making the signs. Vote for Dick Douglas. He's hard at work. We're going to get back to this campaign. I hope everybody's on the train for Richard Douglas. Excuse me, not Dick, but Richard Douglas. Okay? You guys keep rocking it. I'm here in the comment section. Much love, fellas. Okay, sorry. I'm I'm unmute myself because I did want him to answer the question. Now that we know he is going to be wrestling, who should he wrestle? And I'm going to throw it to Hoss first. Hoss, come on, baby. We only got a few minutes before our first featured guest of the evening comes on. You got to have a strong take, baby. Who, if this is indeed his last match ever, who should he face? You know, I'm I'm not really sure who he should face for his last match. I mean, there's a lot of good good people out there. The answer is obvious in my opinion, but I'll just... I mean, I, I have seen uh, Stone Cold's name thrown out there. You know, I've seen a lot of names. Um, maybe he should have an intergender match and it be uh, himself versus Charlotte Flair. Oh, God, that, that would get ugly. <laughs> that would get ugly quick. <laughs> you saw how mean she was to him last time they were on t- TV together, right? Wasn't he like, didn't he impregnate Lacey Evans and turned her baby? Ba- anyway, that, that's for a whole nother show. Skywalker. <laughs> 
I think you're going to listen. And I'm not saying that there's like a right answer, but it, to me, there's only one person based on his history that he should be facing in his final match. But that, again, I'll get to that here in just a moment. Skywalker, what do you got? I think you and I are thinking a little bit alike, Renee. To me, it's another individual who's had that name thrown out there. It's going to be a part of, I believe, StarCast 5. To me, if you're going to do it, if both men get the clearance, Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, end of discussion. Ooh, that's actually not the direction your boy the Night Owl is going to go in. Ladies and gentlemen, I think I'm actually even a little surprised right now. I mean, I, I tend to, to consider myself to be the newbie as a wrestling fan compared to these two fine gentlemen. It has very little to do with age. It has to do with kind of cultural things. I, I stopped being a fan for a long time, blah, blah, blah. But guys, Ric Flair only has one yin to his yang. The oil to his water. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sting! Who better than to end the career of the legendary Ric Flair than one of the men that was made in my opinion, partially by working with the legendary Ric Flair, the one and only Sting. Am I off base here? WrestleTalk family, where are y'all at? I want to see you guys in the comments section. Sting or Ricky Steamboat? I don't know. I don't think you could go wrong either way. But Skywalker, come on, baby. Sting, right? Am I well, wrong? I'm going to look at it this way, though. Again, I could agree with what's there, but you're also going to throw out, and I'm going to throw another name out here, and we're going to have our first guest come on in just a moment. Another one to throw out there. And again, everything considered, why don't you visit another man before Sting, whose career was made by Ric Flair in the eyes of many, and that is Ric Flair versus Barry Windham. But is Barry, okay, let me be honest here, okay, right? Because we're the wrestle talk, we talk here. Mm -hmm. Is Barry relevant like that right now? Well, Ric um, Flair had a song made about him a year ago, and Sting main evented a pay-per-view like within the last year, maybe? I mean, come on, bro. Come, come on. Come on. Barry, I mean, I mean, the NWA fans would love that, but I'm talking about, I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer, bro, but you want to talk about box office, it's got to be Sting Flair or Steamboat Flair, right? You know I something? Know. I don't know. I look I at it this way, too. Course. And Haas's point here, I think old Samaritan. I really do. Because the idea of where you have Rick against Charlotte, the, the two generations clashing, I mean, again, that's another one. It's a, honestly, that's a, a great discussion point, and we could have this discussion for hours. This right. could be episode 400 right here. <laughs> no so, question, no question. Like I said, You're right. <laughs> we, yeah, well, you know something, guys? I believe, and again, make it a point to put those uh, comments in the comment section because this could be a question we're going to be kind of looking at and revisiting all night long. That's another. Make sure to check that out. Yeah. And Harcourt, i got to ask you, Tonight being episode 395 and talking about the professional world wrestling world of Canada, is our first guest in the waiting room? Uh, yes, he is. Our first guest is waiting patiently in the back there, and uh, I believe he is ready to go. All right. Well, like I said, Night Owl, I'm going to go ahead and take care of this introduction because this is a man that I greatly admire, I greatly respect, a man who spent nearly 30 years in the professional wrestling world. He's had an opportunity to compete all across Canada, I know he's competed in the United States as well. Uh, he's been very active in, in the Cauliflower Alley Club. Uh, he is the editor of The Ear, which is a part of the Cauliflower Alley Club. It's their uh, newsletter publication. And it's indeed our honor and privilege. And, Renee, I'm, I'm going to throw this out here because I know you wanted to say it, but you didn't get a chance to. 
this is his actual moniker. I want to make sure I get the full name here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Beefy Goodness, Vance Nevada. Vance, welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast here this evening with the Night Owl Hardcore Hoss and Luke Roberts right here on the program. Once again, Vance, thank you for joining us on the program. I got to tell you right now, I'm just looking over your shoulder and seeing all of that great hardware that you carry around to events. I got to say, that just makes me feel so great to see a man like yourself holding so much championship gold and being able to share that here tonight on the program. How are you doing, Vance? You know what, gentlemen? I couldn't imagine things any better. <laughs> Well, I can tell you right now, it's definitely an honor and a privilege to have you here on the program. It's a return appearance for you here on the program. Um, I want to go ahead and before we, we jump into, we got a lot of things to talk about with yourself and uh, several other topics here. But I want to ask you, I know you've been seeing things on the Internet as well. I want to ask your opinion. And it's kind of our question of the night. Many people have been talking about Ric Flair coming out of retirement to wrestle one more match. The question I have to ask to you before we get started, if you had the opportunity to say it, who should be that final opponent? Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different direction, and uh, I mean I I don't have a Star Spangled Banner to wave here uh, emphatically, <laughs> uh, but I, I'll go with some advice that I got uh, you know several years ago uh, from Ted DiBiase, and, and what he said was, nobody remembers how strong you started; they remember how strong you finish. Uh, and so I think that that's definitely something to consider, you know, if Ric Flair wrestles in 2022, will it be the Ric Flair that we remember and will it be the lasting memory that we want? I could, I could agree with you there. I mean, again, it's one of those, we've seen so many great matches over the course of his career. And the question is now he's not a young guy anymore. I mean, do we see the Ric Flair wrestling the likes of the Harley races, of the Dusty Rhodes, of the Jack Briscoes, of the Barry Windhams, the Stings? We could go on and on. But it's the idea of what are we going to see when this does truly materialize. Now, um, I want to go ahead and talk about uh, your early beginnings in the world of professional wrestling. I was looking back here, doing my research. If I'm not mistaken, you started being involved in pro wrestling in 93? I did, yes. So we're, we're nearing that 30-year plateau. There's mm -hmm. not a lot of wrestlers that can say they have 30-plus years under their belt. I got to ask you a question, and that is, how did you get your start in the world of professional wrestling? Because th there's, there's a difference between, and again, I, I made my professional debut in 95. I was involved behind the scenes for a number of years. Can you explain to us how you kind of got into professional wrestling all those years ago? You know, it was kind of a series of fortunate flukes. Uh, so I had been a, a fan of wrestling uh, growing up as a kid. Uh, when I was 15 years old, you know, uh, a local promoter brought an independent wrestling show to town. And uh, I was over the moon. You know, we, we lived about three hours out of Winnipeg, which was the closest major city where you'd get the AWA or the WWF at that time when it would come to town. Uh, so they're bringing wrestling to our town. Uh, I was excited. So I you know, stayed after school. I was a bus kid, so I didn't go home. I just stayed at the school and I'm waiting until the matches start. And the promoter came in and uh, he said, hey, would you guys like to help us set up the ring? 
Now, little did I know, like that's music to a promoter here is, hey, we got some local guys that do some of the grunt work. But my buddy and I were ecstatic, you know, a couple of 15-year-old kids. And so we helped them set up the ring. And uh, they said, hey, we're going to go get a bite to eat. Do you guys want to watch the ring for us? Well, I thought like I had gone to heaven. Like <laughs> I've got this ring here and we're going to be unsupervised. So my buddy and I, basically, I don't even think they'd left the building yet. Like they had just closed the doors of the gymnasium and they had left. And my buddy and I jumped in there and started messing around in the ring. And I think the promoter, he forgot uh, forgot his car keys and he came back in and caught us in the ring. And I thought, oh, Matt, we're going to catch hell now. So we jumped and go, went to jump out of the ring and calm and cool as, and collected. He just came to the middle of the ring, climbed in and said, so you want to wrestle? And I said, yeah. He goes, you think you know how? I said, yeah, I'm thinking 15 years old, you know, everything about everything. You know, I watch it every week on TV. I know how to wrestle. And in about three seconds flat, he had me like pretzel in a, in a hole. And he said, uh, is that enough wrestling for today? And I said, yes, sir. Uh, but uh, two years later, when I wanted to get in, I called that promoter and he connected me with a trainer. Uh, and uh, the gentleman's name was Ernest Rowe, uh, who was this uh, tough old Frenchman, who at the time when he trained me was 63 years old. And it could still give you a, a chop that would make your eyes water. Mm -hmm. And it was very much a, a school of hard knocks, old school kind of wrestling training. You know, we never got a, a full education, admittedly. By the time I had my debut, I think I knew three moves. Uh, <laughs> knew, nothing, knew nothing of the language or etiquette of wrestling. Uh, but, uh, you know, after I trained with him for several weeks, he showed up one day and had a wrestling license with my name on it. And I thought that I'd won the lottery. Uh, and, uh, and then proceeded to have the worst eight minutes of wrestling match in front of a live crowd of all time, <laughs> uh, steadily it improved from there. Well, I can tell you right now, I mean, again, that's one of the things that I, I would say I've been around wrestling for better part now, 35 years and being there, being behind the curtain, running sound, running ring jackets, selling merchandise, all those things. One of the things that's going to sound strange to some. But the idea of spending those times very early in your career learning from those wrestlers who know what it takes inside the fame squared circle. The idea of, as I've heard many people say, knowing a wrist lock from a wrist watch. And that's one of the things that I, I always remember when I had the opportunity to be in the ring with a lot of young wrestlers. And I still get in the ring from time to time when it comes to training and showing wrestlers things that are going on. Being able to show the basics, the chain wrestling, the how the body can be. I dare say contorted to show that, hey, you have to have a respect for whoever you're in the ring with, but you also have to have a respect for professional wrestling as well. And, and again, that makes me feel very happy. Night Owl, I know you've got a lot that you want to, sh uh, to ask and share with Vance, so I'm going to go ahead and throw things over to you. Uh, well, thank you very much. And let me start off by saying that, Vance, I am one of the very few fortunate people that I know that has actually had a chance to go to Canada. And let me just say that had it not been for the pandemic, I would have already gone back. I My first taste of Canada was Vancouver. Okay. Um, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've been. I'm, you've been all over the country. Um, yeah. But as you know, there's the north side and the south side of the Vancouver Bay. Well, I, I was there for work. I got to stay on the north side overlooking the bay, looking south. And nice. I took that ferry over, had a great time. Some things I can't really talk about here on the podcast. Uh, but an absolute fantastic time. And, and I hope someday to be able to go back to Canada. But um, on that note, before I ask my first question, we did have um, Sunny Money 
uh, who's somebody that's a part of the show, um, just an incredible dude. He had a question, and I wanted to give him the opportunity to jump in with it first. I don't know if you can read that, Vance. If you can't, it's okay, because it reads, since being from Canada, what are Vance's thoughts on the Montreal screw job? So let's start with something a little bit more mainstream, and then we'll go into uh, uh, some of the more personal questions, if you don't mind. What are your thoughts on it, man? Pro wrestling I, lore, a lot of lot of different takes on it. What's yours? Yeah, you know, I think I'm of two minds. You know, as a as a guy that grew up watching Bret Hart as a fan before I became a wrestler, you know, definitely I was uh, disappointed and upset by what I saw. But as somebody in the wrestling business, there are certain you know etiquette pieces that we understand. If you're leaving a company, you need to do the honors on your way out. That's the way it goes. Uh, so. Uh, regardless of what was discussed or negotiated, you know, one had to expect that this would be required, especially in the middle of a war between two major companies. Uh, certainly he wouldn't have expected that outcome, knowing that in terms of if it comes down to a shoot between two guys in the ring, probably he felt pretty comfortable with where he would land with, with Shawn Michaels. But uh, at the end of the day, the promoter still got to do business. Absolutely. And I can only ask you this question because you are a guy who's been in the ring countless times with a lot of recognition, a lot of respect. Um, have you ever found yourself in a position where you're you're working for someone and we don't have to name names, of course, we, we want to keep it respectful. But you ever found yourself in a position where maybe you were holding a title and you thought that they were making the wrong move by taking it off of you too soon? Or maybe they rushed you into a title a little bit too soon. Just curious. Yeah, definitely. I would say both of those scenarios. Uh, there, there definitely is uh, times when, you know, you're you're thinking ahead to, you know, where is the money in all of this? And, and that's something that I always impress upon the guys that are coming into the industry now, whether it's cutting promos or, or doing matches. I'm always asking them, where's the money? So you just cut this promo and you got all these like kitschy lines in there. But what is going to make somebody buy a ticket off of that, like cutesy little bullshit that you just did? Uh, you know, so uh, rethink that. Um, and, and same thing with the matches. You know, we need we need to be thinking today about what's making money next month and, and six months down the line. So if it's all about giving everybody all you've got tonight and you're giving them nothing to come back to, then, uh, you know, those are, those are things that uh, – you know, I think it, I think is is lost, uh, you know, in, in today's era of particularly on the independence. Would you agree that wrestling is meant to be um, like more episodic than it is like a pop up show? Because I, I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. Right. Like you have to carry it over and make them want to come to the next one and the next one, and the next one. You know, I think I was I was just telling someone about this the other day. You know, now you know, as a as a 29 year guy, you know, I'm not taking bumps off of ladders and things like that. We're going to go out there. We're going. You're like, my name's not Jeff Hardy. Sorry. We're going to do, <laughs> do something different. And so you get the young guys, and and they kind of show up with like their their notebooks with like three pages of notes saying, "Here's what I want to do tonight," and they're getting ready to talk to you about the match, and you'll say, uh, "We're not going to talk about anything until I see the opener." because uh, I want to go and see and listen to the people. And it's almost like, you know, they're puzzled by this. Like, what do the people have to do with this? Well, you know, if those people are alive, that's going to determine the direction that we're going tonight. If those people are dead, then we need to do something completely different uh, to make sure that any body slam that I take tonight matters. Uh, 
Well, I can tell you right now, Renee, this really strikes home with me because being around wrestling, it's one of those where the fans' reaction is what direct, like like you were saying, this is the direction you should take. I mean, it's one of those where I've seen so many crowds in my career of where you see people doing two and a half backflips into splashes and things like that, and you don't hardly get any kind of a reaction. You need to have the opportunity, like you said. There are wrestlers that can go out there, and I remember that's what got me hooked in professional wrestling, was the wrestlers that would go out there. And and again, I remember being a young kid watching Georgia Championship Wrestling and seeing people holding on to headlocks and seeing like Harley Race and that delayed vertical suplex and things along the line. Those kinds of things to me really stand out because you have to, like, it's like you said, it's like any great performance. You have to understand what people are, are, are doing. You know, in fairness, you know, I think that you know, I find we have these conversations a lot where it's like, it's not like it was in the old days, but uh, <laughs> you know, in, in fairness, you know, if you have a, a kid that's really passionate about wrestling, he's 25 years old and has been following it since he was five years old, that was only 2002. Uh, so there's a lot that's before their time frame that, that they didn't know. Uh, and so it's our responsibility as those experienced guys to say, hey, check out this promo from Ricky Morton or check out this segment, you know, from from 85 or 73 or wherever we're getting that footage from and educating them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I like to incorporate in my matches now that is stolen directly from Johnny Valentine. Uh, which I never saw live. It was passed to me and now I'm using it and, you know, uh, going out there and doing something that is so radically different from the style that's being exercised by most other guys on the crew. It seems fresh and new when in reality, you know, it's a, it's that bit where, you know, Johnny Valentine, his, his handle, you know, was kind of like honest, John, you know, I would never lie. And so during the match, you know, when he's choking the guy, the ref says, Hey, were you choking him? Yes. You know, hey, did you have your feet on the ropes? Yes. You know, all throughout the match, he's admitting to it. Okay, don't do it again. And then when he gets to the finish and does something despicable, hey, did you have a handful of trunks? No. 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 Like, why <laughs> would I start lying now? Right? Freaking genius. And so, and and the reaction that you get from people who are now have seen that whole story play out before them to the to the hook, where they live it. Right, they're ready to throw chairs. We have like a forty-five-year-old man, completely like tomato beet red face, <laughs> screaming at me at the top of his lungs. You know, that's uh, that's when you know, like, okay, we we did good today. Wow, what an incredible story, and and what gems to pass along. I I always try to remind everyone we've got folks here that are veterans of the sport. We've got guys that watch, listen, and participate in the show as guests that are just getting started. Uh, in a couple of weeks, we're gonna have uh, a guy that's working here in Kansas and he can't be more than 23 years old. So I, I wanna say, I appreciate Vance, you sharing this knowledge because I mean, we'll see it in other sports. I'm gonna kind of arc into football just a bit. Uh, so recently the Tennessee Titans drafted a rookie and their current quarterback Tannehill said that he's not there to mentor the new guy. He's there to focus on helping the team win now. I think both of those things should go together. They shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Helping the guys that are coming up and doing your job today can happen both at the same time. Am I right, Vance? Absolutely, it can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I love I love to hear that because I know that I kind of like, and I'm not in the business necessarily as a worker, more as a commentator, ring announcer type deal. Uh, but I know that I value what I see and hear from the vets. 
and I'm inspired by the energy and the passion that the new guys bring. I think it's like a combination of both is is absolutely best. Um, Want to go with kind of another more mainstream question. Do you still watch wrestling in terms of like what's on TV week to week or any of the pay-per-views? Like, did you watch Mania? And if so, did you take anything away from it? I'm curious. Uh, you know what? I, I typically don't get to, get to watch it live. Uh, so it's usually on the PVR and then I catch up with it later because I'm the only guy in my house who likes wrestling. Uh, you know, my wife, after 30 years of this, of this is like, I've had enough. I thought we were done with this. Uh, and, and my two sons, they like to go see it live, but they're like bored to tears watching it on TV. So, uh, yeah, usually it's like 11, 11 or 12 at night where you're, you're, you're watching it on the PVR and fast forwarding through commercials. Um, you know what? I, I think that, you know, it's, it's fantastic that there's so much engagement. I think if you, if you're watching social media, you tend to see more of the negative than the positive. Uh, about what's happening, but regardless of whether they're making positive or negative comments, the audience is still there. And I think that's the most important message to take away. Engagement is everything. And I got to get your critique. Not that anybody's in a position uh, to, to criticize somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin, but as a 29-year veteran of the sport, what, what was your kind of take about how they carried along his match, how well he did, and, uh, and Kevin Owens, because I think he's kind of the, the lost hero in all this, in, in my opinion. What did you take away from it? I thought it was probably the most delightful surprise of all of, of the whole WrestleMania. Uh, definitely night one kicked ass over night two. You know, they set the bar really, really high, and I don't think night two ever got there. Uh, that's absolutely fair to say. And then last kind of mainstream question, Cody Rhodes jumping from AEW to WWE. Uh, does something like that matter? I mean, it's Dusty's kid, so it should, right? What, what do you think? I think I think what matters is the long-term storyline. It's not about the jump from AEW to WWE. It is this is the level Cody was at when he left. He said that he believed he was here. He went away and he proved that, and then came back and signed a contract that was here. So I mean that that's the real story within the story. So uh, you know he had to go out on on his own and prove it. And I think I think that's what gets lost in a lot of you know you'll hear different things about. Um, you know, guys leaving and, and getting released and people think this is a big mistake. Well, you know, when you look at the history of wrestling, you know, go back to like, you know, maybe the golden era for us, which was that national expansion of the WWF in the, in the mid-80s, right? Nobody had a long runs with the company. You know, even Hogan, who had that meteoric run, was there six years. Uh, and then time off for movies and things like that. Right. So now you've got a guy like Randy Orton, who's there for 20 years, you know, like this is amazing. Like this is like unprecedented the the, the, the time frame without a change, without going to another territory and coming back. So, yeah, you're going to have people that are, you know, critics of that. But the fact that someone has had that kind of longevity at that schedule, at that intensity for that long is incredible. No question about it. Well, Skywalker, I, I know I've been a little bit selfish. It's been a, a, quite a while since we talked uh, to Vance, and so I had quite a few questions built up. Vance, thank you so much for the transparency and honesty uh, with your answers. Uh, Skywalker, man, jump back in here. I know you've got a few more of your own. Oh, well, I got a lot, of, a lot of information here. And first of all, again, this man not only is knowledgeable about the competition inside the squared circle, his knowledge of professional wrestling as a whole is really off the charts. Now, I have something here, and I know it's not officially one of yours, 
But right here, I have a copy. We talked earlier on in the introduction about the ear. Uh, I know our good friend Herb Simmons is a member of the Cauliflower Alley Club. I myself, as you can see behind me, I have my certificate as a part of the Cauliflower Alley Club. And I got to tell you, if you want to learn about the, the true sport of professional wrestling, this is an opportunity to join a great organization that would have a Sky, lot Sorry, sorry aren't we going in September? Sorry to interrupt. I, I apologize sincerely. Aren't we planning... <laughs> To go in September is that not what we've been? Yes, discussing? sir. The Russell Talk podcast will. So be. maybe we'll get a chance to to meet. Yeah, maybe absolutely. get a chance to hang out a little bit, man. That'd be great. That sounds great. Yeah, Love and, that it's idea. One of, and it's one of those things where I was kind of leading into my next thing. This man right here, Vance Nevada, he's got championship belts, lot history out, uh, above a reproach. But I want to take a minute here and talk about. You are not only the editor of the year, but you also are an accomplished author. And one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the program, and I, I'm going to have to read this off the paper so I make sure I don't mess it up because this title is is truly, to me, is perfect. You can see here i got a lot of wrestling history here that I've accumulated over my time in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, Vance Nevada has recently wrote the book, Untrollable, Untrolled Chaos, Canada's Remarkable Professional Wrestling Legacy. Now, i got to tell you, Vance, that title right there, and we talked about it earlier on, we talk about the territory days of the, like you said, Winnipeg, Calgary, Montreal, Toronto. Um, you have made mention, too, I, I've done the research, you've been on the, the famed Co Tony Canelo death tours. I mean, you've been all around Canada. Can you give us a little bit, I mean, I know you, your, your previous book talked about uh, the, the western part of the country, can you give the uh, viewers of the podcast just a little more about what was the motivation behind writing such a all-encompassing book about the history of Canadian wrestling? I think we're having some technical issues here. I don't know if it looks like the mic got muted here. I apologize. Right, for, I don't know what happened. Yeah, so in 2009, you know, I, I, pu I published a Wrestling in the Canadian West, working with Scott Teal at Crowbar Press in Tennessee, and it was really well received. Uh, it, it surprised me because I expected it because it was kind of regional in scope that, yeah, we'd sell lots in that western half of Canada, and that would be our audience. And then, you know, we, it exploded. I mean, we were selling books worldwide. Um and as soon as it came out, I'd say, like, almost as soon as people got it in their hands, they said, okay, when's the book going to be on the eastern half of Canada? Uh, and I just, you know, one of the things that, you know, people don't realize is, you know, when I was, you know, got sort of got bit by the wrestling history bug, you know, what I would do is I would piggyback my wrestling bookings with opportunities to do research. Because uh, that was back before online newspapers and being able to do quick keyword searches and, and find stuff. You had to physically go to libraries you know, get the microfilm, scroll through hours and hours and hours mm -hmm. of microfilm, try to find, you know, ads or stories and results. Um, and um, so I would piggyback, you know, and that's why I focused on the West, because that's where most of my travel had been. And, and I knew it like locked, like I have almost a night by night account of the Stampede Wrestling territory for 40 years, over 8,000 shows promoted by Stampede Wrestling. Um, and so that was the beginning. And so, you know, getting into the East, like the East, particularly that Toronto territory and the Montreal territory, those are monsters, you know, quite, quite honestly. So, you know, when you look at Stampede Wrestling, which, which everybody knows, the reality is they had six shows a week. So you would start Friday night in Calgary, Saturday night in Edmonton, Sunday night was off, Monday night Lethbridge, 
Tuesday night, Red Deer or Medicine Hat, Wednesday night, Saskatoon, Thursday night, Regina, and then back to Calgary. And that was the loop every single week, you know, year in and year out. But when you get into the east, into Toronto and Montreal, uh, you know, if you ever look at the, you know, old results, classic results in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, maybe you see a result from the 70s in Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. And it was this huge, colossal show with like 10 matches. And you just wonder to yourself, like, how are they supporting a roster of that many guys? But what they were doing is it wasn't six shows a week. It was 21 shows a week uh, because they were doing or 18 shows a week, rather, because you would the whole crew would meet in Toronto on Thursday night and then they would split three ways. And so you had three shows running a night around the province of Ontario. And it was the same thing in Montreal. Montreal had, you know, the big show in Montreal at the Forum. And then three shows a night happening in other locations around the province. And it gets even more explosive when you get into the 70s in 1971 and 72, when the Vachans ran opposition to the Rougeaus. And now you've got these two superpower companies working against each other, and they're both running three shows a night. So, like, to, to gather all that research was, was a nightmare because you, you fill all the dates and think, yeah, I got it. And then someone would say, oh, you forgot about Shakutami, you know, or what about Granby? And so now we've got it all together. And, you know, quite honestly, if I knew how big the job was going to be at the start, I would never have begun. But uh, the list of results, and I keep them kind of in that pro wrestling illustrated format of, of, uh, of style. The list of uh, results is now more than 6,000 pages uh, in Word and represents more than 58,600 shows. Uh, and so now take that 6,000 pages and distill it down into something that's consumable for, you know, a casual fan, but still enjoyable for a diehard fan and, and tells the story of all of that uh, uncontrolled chaos. That's uh, really the, the, the epitome of what we try to do. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, Vance, when you look at what's here, again, I'm, I'm just going back off the of stuff that I've been able to see from the, from the book. Over 200 promotions, championship histories in-ring photography i mean this is one of those things i mean we, we talk about the territory days and how you would hope that you would have the opportunity to even know about one territory i know personally going back and looking at my home promotion dynamo pro wrestling we've been around nearly 15 years and to be able to follow one promotion and get all that information was a challenge but when you start looking at 200 plus and i mean yeah. again you you brought up some phenomenal names like the the Hearts in Calgary. You talk about the Shans. You talk about the Rougeos. Those are three names that are, are iconic when it comes to the world of professional wrestling in Canada. And as you see yes, here, absolutely. I mean, I got I got to give you props. I mean, this is a book that as soon as I saw it being out there, I'm like, yes, this is one that has to get added to the collection because, like I said, there are a lot of great wrestling territories. There's a lot of great wrestling countries, and Canada definitely definitely has the their piece of the professional wrestling history. And I got to give you props for having the time, the energy, the patience, because I remember when I was in college and having to go through all the microfilm and having to watch all those little slides time after time. And you sit there and you look at it, you go, man, this is all blurring together. But to have all this information available is truly astounding. I think that, you know, down the line, when actually that collection of results gets gets shared with like the diehard historians where they can just take it and then word search it. If they're looking to research the career record of a specific guy, they say, Oh, I know Johnny Valentine spent a lot of time in Canada, for example, and be able to go and see their night by night travel. 
uh, in Canada. I think that's going to be a great, a great tool to have. When I, I think, you know, I started doing the results research. It was a summer project I was doing just to keep myself entertained in the summer of 1994. Uh, and uh, it still is, even today, I was uh, you know, on the French newspapers. And that's been, I think, will be one of the coolest things for people because uh, even if you've got some of those diehard, and there's a lot of Facebook groups now, where you know people are sharing old newspaper ads or posters from shows, different territories or different promotions. Uh, Montreal usually gets left out, and I think that's because most of the researchers are English and and don't speak French. Uh, so to now go through those French newspapers uh, is is tough. But uh, you start to feel the rhythm, and uh, you know I'm not fluent in French, but you start to get the the gist of uh, particular words that are repeated. And so adding that Montreal stuff, you know, dating back to like 1932, uh, where in addition to the big shows that we know about with like Yvonne Robert and, and Killer Kowalski and, and uh, you know, of course the famous incident where Killer Kowalski took off Yukon Eric's ear in Montreal, you know, in addition to that, you had this like undercurrent of local, you know, basically independence of, of that era. They, they called them club shows. So these local club shows that were happening. But in that era, from the 30s to the 50s, you could go and watch wrestling live in Montreal every night of the week. Wow. Uh, and it's just outstanding, you know. And uh, so it, it's been really, really cool for me to see it and learn it. Uh, but also, you know, to really look at it uh, with a wrestler's eye, to, which has been my advantage in writing the book because both from talking to wrestlers and getting them to tell me the stories uh, and being on the roads with guys, like, you know, the curtains are wide open. Uh, you know, we're, we're, one thing I did learn early on is it doesn't matter if you're a wrestler or not. If anybody sees you writing anything down in a locker room, everybody gets paranoid immediately. Uh, and so the stories all stop. Uh, everybody wonders, what's he writing down? Is this guy a stooge for the office? Uh, so you'd learn to, uh, you know, commit to memories. If you had the chance to do that road trip from one town to the next with the vet and just hear his stories, you're listening intently. And then as soon as you have that pee break or whatever it is where they're out of the car for a minute, <laughs> you're rapidly scribbling it down. And now it's easier. You can just type it into your phone and say, oh, I'm just sending a text to my wife. Uh, yeah. I told you, man. Man, so I just dropping gems all over the kids right yeah. here tonight, man. I love that shit. All right, I gotta get this in. I gotta get this in, Skywalker. So the book, amazing. Okay, everyone should get it, and we're gonna let you guys know here at the end where you can get it. But I'm curious. So I know there have been some people more recently, actually, former guest Danny Duggan, who has sure. attempted to do that tour. Do you, do you applaud a guy like that? I don't know if you have a relationship with, with him or not. I'm just kind of you know shooting in the air here. But yeah. point being, do you applaud a guy like that for trying to replicate some of the success that we've seen, you know, based on what we were just talking about from your book? Absolutely. I think it's such a, you know, a, one of the things that you hear frequently, and you probably hear this in the States as well, you know, from veteran guys that say nobody has an opportunity to learn the business anymore because there's no tours you know, you don't go on the road anymore. It's like a weekend warrior kind of stuff. You're going to wrestle Friday and Saturday night, and that's it. Uh, where you're not in the car with that vet for the five or six-hour drives, you know, over the course of the week. You know, for me, the, the, best, uh, the best summer that I ever had was uh, summer of 2002. I was wrestling in the Canadian Maritimes, and it was a pretty veteran crew. We had Eddie Watts, who was a junior heavyweight champion in Mexico and Puerto Rico. 
Chichi Cruz, Bobby Roode was on that tour, uh, Hangman Mike Hughes, uh, myself, uh, Sarita, Sarah Stock was, was one of her first tours that she was on. And we were wrestling every night of the week, and we were all living together in this unfurnished three-bedroom apartment that the promoter provided for us. So we're all sleeping on air mattresses in this apartment. Somebody went down to Best Buy and bought a TV, knowing that you can return it like within 30 days, you get your money back. So uh, we'd, we'd have this TV set up and we're sitting on milk crates, but we'd go out and we'd wrestle and then we would come back and the ritual was every night. Now we're watching the whole show back and you've got all the vets sitting in the back, the green guys in the front and you're getting your match critiqued. And then the commitment that was made before we would go to sleep, that vet in the back, usually it was Eddie Watts saying, okay, here were the three holes in your work. Tomorrow we're going to get to that arena. We're going to get to the ring. The ring's going to be there at noon. We're going to be there at 1230. Uh, and we're going to work on that stuff. And so we would go. And then we're in the ring now for three hours in the afternoon working on that stuff. So if you're like fixing three weaknesses in your repertoire every day, right? By the end of that, boom, 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 right? Boom. You're so tight. And at the end of eight weeks, you're a machine. Uh, and it just doesn't happen anymore because the touring doesn't happen and the road trips don't happen, right? Where young guys say, oh, yeah, we've got a show. Uh, yeah, we're all going to hop in a car together and go, okay? And so I'm looking around going, well, I guess I'll drive by myself there. Uh, and there's there's uh, five hours in a car that could be a knowledge transfer that uh, is is lost. So for what, you know, the stuff that Danny Duggan is doing where guys have an opportunity to go and do it, and I think the value, you know, is demonstrated and you've seen like impact say, Hey, we've got at that time, killer cross. He's about to come up and join the roster. We're going to send yeah. him on the road with you for a couple of weeks or, you know, ring of honor guys, Brian Johnson came through, uh, you know, sent up there specifically to do start to finish the whole tour, uh, and really test themselves. I think it's fantastic. Well, I'd love to absolutely see more of that. And then my final question here tonight for you, Vance, is, is this. Um, I know that us here in the States, we look at Canadians and Canadian wrestling history, at least I do, with a certain level of uh, reverence. So when you have had the opportunity to wrestle in the States or elsewhere, have you felt that additional pressure that people do look at Canadians kind of as the standard to a certain extent of what can be done in the ring? I mean, we could go down the list with Owen and Brent and Jericho and so on and so forth. Have you ever felt that additional pressure saying, okay, not only do I have to do my job here tonight, but I'm also kind of representing Canada. And that's important because you guys have kind of a high standard of hold, don't you? I think, you know, you, you know, definitely, you know, Canadian Indies to American Indies, you know, up until recently, I would say like when I broke in, it was almost snobbery in the same way that, you know, when you look back at that, when you look back at like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels, where Bret was like, well, Shawn kind of wrestles like a ping pong ball and I actually know how to wrestle. Uh, there was that kind of mindset going on at that time. I think that it's shifted a lot, especially with some of these major independents like Defy out of Seattle, uh, where it's become a destination. A lot of Canadians want to get there. Uh, so, you know, definitely that has shifted, but I've seen both extremes, you know, in 95, I did a tour through West Virginia and Tennessee um, where they were blown away with the kind of stuff that we were doing, you know, cause we were doing, you know, planches and topes and kind of stuff before the luchador influence really came in to the United States. 
But then I've also had on the extreme other side where when I was in the Northwest in Portland and, and Washington State, where they said, yeah, we want you to do this, this Canadian Patriot gimmick. And I said, yeah, okay, I'm comfortable to do that. But what I found was the reaction wasn't just strong from the people in the crowd. You know, I'd be cutting my, my pre-tape promo in the back and I would see that it ruffled feathers among the guys in the locker room. And so I might be going out there talking about, let me tell you about the quality of goods produced in Canada versus the United States. Like that made in USA tag. Let's, let's be real. Everything's really coming from Taiwan. Right. Uh, and there was guys that were like, and uh, I remember I finished cutting the promo and, and the promoter kind of gave me the like thumbs up, like you nailed it. That's great. And I walked off the, off the set and uh, these two big American guys, both about six, three, about 350 pounds. They called to me and they said, listen, this is one American you don't want to mess with. And here's another one. And I'm like, hey, dude, it's all the work, man. Uh, but they were buying it hard, right? So. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That nothing beats when you actually got the boys in the back buying into it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Vance Zavada, uh, Luke Roberts. Uh, I'm going to give you the kind of the closing comments here because we want to be respectful of his time. We do have a few minutes in between our following guests, and, and we want to make sure we give him his full time as well. But, man, why don't you go ahead and do your attempt to close this out? I, I almost felt now I'm starting to feel almost like we should have reserved a little bit more time to continue this conversation because it had been so long since we had a chance to talk, man. And, and 30, 35 minutes is most definitely not enough. I'm sure you agree with that, Skywalker. Oh, I, I definitely agree. And again, one of the things to look at too, not only, first of all, as a reminder, you need to make sure you pick up this book because this book is literally an encyclopedia of professional wrestling when it comes to the world of Canadian wrestling. And again, if you want to know anything about history, this is a book you want to pick up to make sure that you can learn. One of the things I was always taught in professional wrestling is you're always able to sit under the learning tree. It doesn't matter if you've been in wrestling for three minutes or you've been wrestling for 30 years. You always learn something new each and every time you go out to the ring. Now, Vance, I got to tell you, and, and Night Owl hit on it a little bit ago, uh, I, I believe because of all your connections and all the things, you're going to be at the Cauliflower Alley Club in September. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm actually hoping that the American launch of the book will happen uh, in step with this year's Cauliflower Alley reunion. And I got to tell you right now, awesome. when, when, when that happens and it materializes, and like I said, when we get the opportunity, I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing I got to purchase right now is my plane fare. And I know that's been going up exponentially over the course of the past few weeks. But I got to tell you right now, this is going to be one of those that we need to sit down, talk about professional wrestling and have an opportunity. Maybe it's round three. Maybe it's that extended interview that the Night Owls talked about. But I do have to ask, before we let you go, for those that have been enjoying the program tonight, where can they get a copy of the book on Control Cast? Right now, we're still in the registering for the pre-order uh, because I've been like negotiating, let's say, with the publisher on a daily basis because they say this book is too long. We need to cut it down. We've got about 480 pages, uh, including all of those title histories for 600 titles and and actually stats and rankings. I said, nothing can get cut. This is a history book. No one's going to sit down and read this in one sitting. Uh, so we're we're in the middle of that. Uh, but uh, making good progress. Uh, so Don't right give now, in, Vance. You, don't give in. We want every stinking letter of that book. Don't yes. let them cut you down, man. 
So uh, yes. right now, if you go to Facebook, uh, there is a pay official page for the book, Uncontrolled Chaos Book on Facebook. And I'm dropping little teasers and some uh, some uh, hints about what might be in the book and some rare photos uh, on there. And uh, you can shoot us a message, shoot me a message through that uh, Facebook page and get on the list. Uh, but uh, the response so far has been fantastic. And it looks like the pre-order is going to uh, eclipse the whole first print run of my last book already. And we're still wow. uh, a little while away from a release date. Wow. Okay, and, that, and the one other question, besides all that, uh, besides the opportunity to pick up this book and get your, your early copy and make sure you have everything taken care of. If people want to know more about you, and, and again, I want to see Renee's reaction because I have to give the whole name, Mr. Beefy Goodness, Vance Nevada. <laughs> if you want to know more about you and see upcoming dates and, and places that you're going to be inside the squared circle. And again, if you look at the screen, here is the Facebook page. The Night Owl's got it up here. If you want more information about the book, make it a point, check it out on Facebook. Vance, if people want to know more about you and want to see where you're going to be in the weeks and months to come, how can they check up with you? I think right now this is probably the best channel because it's been morning, noon, and night. Uh, everything about the book Right now, we're, we're working on cover design and in, getting into layout. So this is the channel that is uh, open from the morning, the moment I wake up in the morning uh, pretty well until, uh, until I go to sleep at night. So uh, shoot me a message through the, this, this page, and uh, that's the easiest way to reach me. Well, like I said, right now, again, Vance, I want to say on behalf of the Night Owl, Hardcore Hoss, myself, all the viewers of the WrestleTalk Podcast, I want to say thank you for coming on the program again. And I'm going to tell you right now, with all the conversations I've had, I've had a lot of a lot of people that have made many of the Cauliflower Alley Club reunions, people like Herb Simmons, like Dr. Drew Abenhouse, uh, like Attila Khan, and, and countless others. I am very much looking forward to being at this year's event, and I am very much looking forward, hopefully, to catch up with you and talk wrestling at the Cauliflower Alley Club. And hopefully, like you said, we'll be able to have a, an American release of the book Uncontrolled Chaos so that we can have that and we can share that with all of our, our listeners here and make sure people throughout the country get to take part and experience this great professional wrestling history book about camp. Awesome. Thank you very much, gentlemen. It's been absolutely my pleasure to be here. All right. Well, we want to thank you, Vance. Like I said, we look forward to having you back on the program very soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Vance Nevada, the book Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada, uh, Canada's Remarkable Professional Wrestling Legacy, will be available soon. Make it a point to check them out on Facebook. Vance, again, thank you very much. We'll be talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Hey, you can put the publishers in one of those sweaty headlocks you're famous for, all right? Vance, <laughs> just put them in there. <laughs> Take it easy, that, buddy. That may be the next tactic. There you go, man. We're here. We got your back. Peace. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the first hour of the Russell Talk podcast, we just had Vance Nevada. Great interview. And you know something, Night Owl? We've got another great Canadian wrestling interview still to come. But I got to tell you this right now. I'm going to let you in on a secret. As I told you before, my birthday's in two days. And I got somebody, and I know you got somebody, before we get to our second interview, that wants to come on and talk a little wrestling action. Talk Ooh. a little FWWC yes! wrestling action. Been waiting for this, boy. Been so waiting. tell you what. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to let you do the introduction because I'm going to tell you. I feel I could do a pretty good introduction myself. You do. You're the man. But when it comes to this man right I mean, you're here, no Chris Rodell, but you do well. You man, do well. I try. I try. <laughs> but like I said, I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to you because I have never, ever, in all the years I've known you, I've never heard you give this man anything less than six stars. Six super kicks, if you will. 
I like that. With I like that rating system. So like I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you so we can go ahead and introduce our next guest here tonight on the Russell Talk Podcast. And as a reminder, in just a few minutes, G.A. Wah from the FML Promotion will be joining us. Night Al, I'm going to send it over to you. Okay, there we go. Come on, technical guys. Let's, let's, get, let's get our act together here, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, instead of giving you our traditional, uh, and we like to support a lot of local artists and things like that. You guys know about Vinsanity. You guys know about Remy Ricks or whatever. You guys know about DVD. Uh, this week, during our break, we're going to actually leave you with a dear friend and a longtime member of the WrestleTalk family, the originator, the creator, the head administrator of the world's premier fantasy wrestling promotion now i can hear the snickers in the back so let me preface bringing this man on by saying this fantasy wrestling changed my life just like fantasy football changed the sport of professional football forever it will never be the same as it was before fantasy football came on why because back in the day if our team wasn't playing most likely we probably didn't give a damn about football that weekend. Fantasy football made it so that every single week, every single game, you had an invested interest in football. Well, my partner, Dewan Mills, did exactly that when he created the FWWC. Pro wrestling fans are invested in every match at every point of every show. I don't care if it's a boring-ass Monday Night Raw or a SmackDown. If you're a part of the FWWC, you're going to be on the edge of your seats because every match, every promo, every role play, every single thing that you do leads you to being at the very top of the mountain in the FWWC. And let's just be honest. Not everybody has the luxury and the privilege of being able to actually go inside the squared circle. Sometimes it's a money thing. Sometimes it's a family thing. Sometimes it's a physical thing. The FWWC gives everybody an opportunity to be a champion. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, to bring us the most updated and recent card that is going to be taking place in the FWWC this upcoming Friday, the one, the only, the originator, the creator, the head administrator, amigos, the one and only, Dewan Mills. You give me too much credit, not out. Way too much credit. You deserve it all, dude. You've changed people's <laughs> lives. People travel across the country to go to the Wrestle Talk Podcast FWWC watch parties. People yeah, that right. that that are looking to get into the business come to the FWWC to work on their promo game. They learn how to deal with promoters. Okay, they learn the etiquette and the respect that they need to even step foot in the world of professional wrestling. And you're one of the guys that facilitates that. So I'm going to give you all the credit you deserve and a little bit more. But, bro, enough of the, the, the praise, enough of the putting putting you over because you got a card <laughs> that you're going to go through with us. And it's for this upcoming Friday night, man. So I'll go ahead and give you the floor and then we'll be back in just a matter of minutes with our regularly scheduled program with our second featured guest of the evening the one and only ga straight out of canada baby dewan you know what to do baby take it Damn over straight let's go let's go so this upcoming friday's card i know a lot of people have been wondering am i on the card am i wrestling am i doing this i'm doing that my purpose tonight is to give the card if you want the details you have to tune in this thursday at 7 30 p.m central to the fwwc tonight but as we know right now this is the card for this up friday night this upcoming friday night's 
FWC Live Challenge. We will have starting El Luchador de KC versus James Buckus round two. Not quite sure where this feud is going. These two gentlemen have a hell of a lot of history. But at the exact same time, it is going to be an amazing one-on-one -on -one match. El Luchador de KC versus James Buckus round two, the brick wall. A uh, very, very interesting match. Uh, I will say that the powers that be put this together. Uh, we're going to have none other than the Prophets of Madness. Now, the Prophets of Madness have returned here in Season 10, but they're not going to be alone. We're going to have an epic three-on-three -three tag team match with the Prophets of Madness and Theory, who just hosted his Theory Tube. Make sure you go back and check that out. Check that segment out. The Theory Tube segment went other than the Alpha this past Monday. However, the Assassin's Syndicate, that is right, the brand new, making a lot of noise, Assassin's Syndicate will take on the Prophets of Madness in theory in a three-on-three -three tag team match this upcoming Friday. The returning, haven't seen this guy in a while, Night Trucking Nightmares, that is none other than Nightmare Jones and Jimmy Rattlestick, our WWC hardcore champion, versus the also returning, this is like a blast of the past on like some Throwback Thursday deal, uh, Death Posse, that is Marcus Mayhem, and none other than the returning Swag. Some call him Swag Daddy, some call him Swagalicious. All of us love to head to that casino of his. It's a nice place. Trucking Nightmares versus Death Posse. Let's see here. Oh, wait a minute. Not out. I see that I have a match on the card against a Devil's Dynasty member with Sick. We got to talk about that. We really do. The, the CEO, yes, the CEO is back in competition in Season 10. Didn't do, do, do too good in my first match, but you know what? We're going to roll with it. So apparently I'm in a match against a Devil's Dynasty member. No idea who that is, but I'm going to be prepared for it, baby. Let's roll because the Devil's Dynasty has been getting on my nerves for a while. And last but not least, the main event of the night, the top main event, we will see the longest reigning FWWC Tag Team Champions in this group's 10-year history, the Law Dogs. That is our FWWC Heavyweight Champion of the World, Lawman Luke Justice, and his tag team partner, the Warriors Heart Champion, El Mataratis. Collectively, they are the Law Dogs, taking on Robert and a mystery partner. There is a lot of uncertainties Friday. I don't know who the hell I'm fighting. Uh, the Law Dogs only know who half of what they only know half of who they're competing against. It's going to be a crazy Friday. I know that much. Well, I can only say this, CEO. I mean, the effort and energy that goes into booking these cards, man, is not easy. And I know a lot of people are going to fuss. A lot of people are going to cry and complain about why they weren't on the card. Well, listen, if you're not on the card, all I can say is look at the damn mirror. OK, last year we let you guys run rub shot and the Devil's Dynasty almost destroyed the FWWC. And it hadn't been. And I hate to say this. I know you hate to admit this to CEO, but if it had not been for El Mata, Sage Mode and La Familia, the FWWC may have never reached year 10. Before you go, tell us year 10. What does it mean? And, and why is it important that we're here today? Year 10, in my honest opinion, has been one of the most structured and complete 
seasons we had here in the FWWC. A long way from year one, because as you said before, in years past, we had matches here, matches there, pull the curtain back a little bit, storylines here, storylines there, this guy fights that guy 10 times. It was all over the place. But the structure that we have right now, me personally, from a board of directors point of view, and also as a fan, it is so easy to reference not only the card, but to know exactly what's going on. I can reference El Luchador to KC and James Buckus. I know exactly what's going on with that. I know exactly what's going on with the Prophets of Madness and Theory. It is so easy to pinpoint and go back and look at exactly what match you're interested, interested in, what feud you're interested in. There's no jumble mumble going on. If this is happening in the FWWC, you know exactly why it's happening because it's right freaking there as a business should be. As we grow as a business, our conduct must grow. Our professionalism must grow. How we do things must grow. And we have to get better. And damn it, year 10 has been a hell of a lot of growth, baby. Ooh, I love to hear that. One more time, as quick as you can, bro. Run through that card with us. Don't even miss a hiccup here. Let's go one more time in case everybody missed it. Give it to me in 15 seconds. El Luchador de KC versus Jane Buckus, round two. Prophets of, Mary, Prophets of Madness with Theory versus Assassin uh, Syndicate, three-on-three tag team match. Trucking Nightmares versus Def Posse. CEO versus me, whoever the hell is, and I have no idea what's going on with that. And the de- versus the Devil's Dynasty member with Sick. I know Sick is going to be at the inside. I see you, Sick. That's really you know, important. Words. That's the important part. I know who the hell is going to be there. And last but not least, the main event of this Friday, the Law Dogs versus Robert and a mystery partner. Love to hear that. And as always, if you want to get on the card for Friday, cut a damn promo, promo. because in the FWWC, activity, activity is King. Boom, baby. See you later, everyone. Peace. We got you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to continue with our regularly scheduled program. Luke Skywalker, I know we've got a VIP guest here in the second hour, just like we did in the first. I mean, geez, freaking Louise. When I said we could have done a whole hour with Vance Nevada, there was absolutely no question, no doubt in my mind that we could have. And as the kids say these days, no cap. No cap. That's real talk right there. Okay. But the FWWC equally on fire. Dewan came in, did an absolutely fantastic job. Your thought on the FWWC card for this upcoming Friday? Well, I can tell you right now, Night Owl, it's going to be one of those where, I mean, I've seen a lot of things going on this Friday night. And and I can tell you in the last couple of weeks, having the opportunity to have these, these Friday night challenge segments here on the Russell Talk podcast, I think it's really telling people you got to step up your game because you're going to know plenty of time what's going no on. Yeah, they're, they're, exactly. No excuses. And when it comes down to it, again, the only thing I got to say tonight, he brought his game, but no shout out to me. Dewan always gives me a shout. Yeah, he does. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> he shows the love. But like I said, again, not a big deal. He's a busy man. He's got a lot of things going on. He's taking care of the FWWC. He is. Big props to our buddy, Dewan Mills. And also, of course, for him, those uh, transportation as well. Got a lot of great things going on. You're one of great sponsors. That's a great point. Yeah, absolutely. Royal Mills Transportation. And on that note, man, your timing is absolutely impeccable. I know you guys are anxious. I know you're itching. But before we get on to that VIP guest one more time, Everything Combat, Kincaid Arcade, Esports Bar KC, 
Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Production, Rathbun Engraving, Me Fiesta KC Party Rentals, Nobleman's uh, a Barber Lounge, Kansas City, Missouri, Ask for Pete the Barber, and of course the FWWC. Last note, we are unveiling our new logo for episode 400. We're going to have some VIP guests, and we may even have some new merch available that day. Got to keep watching WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Yeah. out on the social media. I okay. got to tell you, Night Owl, we're going to keep this episode rocking and rolling. This is a man that I had an opportunity to meet uh, through some mutual connections. And this man has spent the better part of 15 years being around the world of professional wrestling, whether it's been in, in uh, booking, whether it's been involved in professional wrestling, whether it's been podcasting, you name it. This man has seen and done a lot, and I'm, i got to say I'm very excited to have this man on the program here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, he is the host of the FML Wrestling Podcast, which you can catch on all forms of social media. Ladies and gentlemen, GA, and I'm going to make sure I get this right, GA Wah, how are you doing this evening, sir? Uh, unmute yourself, GA. I, there we go. All right. Let's I'm go. pretty good. <laughs> Hey, Luke, I'm going to wish you a happy birthday, fellow Taurus, yeah. in advance. Hey, International birthday wishes. I'll take that. I will take that. <laughs> well, I got to tell you right now, this man and Night Owl, I'm going to let you in on a little secret, a little bit of behind the scenes. We talked about just a minute ago about how Dewan kind of pulled the curtain back a little bit. He did. This man and I have had conversations about our new platform, and when I asked him uh, the things that we need to make sure things are done – he was like a precision watch. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew what was there. And I got to tell you, not only that, too, I'm just sitting here and looking at it right now. I think we've got the identical same chair, too. It's obvious that we think Oh, and look like- at my man's background, man, <laughs> looking like Brian Stelter over here, my guy. You are killing the game. This is going to be a great interview. Now, now the first thing I'm going to ask you is this. You've been around professional wrestling a long time, but I want to go – even a step farther back. We talked earlier on with our first guest about the proud and rich tradition of wrestling in Canada. For those that aren't familiar with you, can you give us a little bit about what drew you in, what hooked you to the world of professional wrestling all those years ago? Oh, I got the perfect answer because I know exactly where and when and who was with me. We are talking about Bret Hart, British Bulldog versus Owen Hart, Bob Backlund, Monday Night Raw, 1994. Wow. And that, that's a great match to be. That's to be very focused. specific. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, I mean, that, that that is a great match to look at. Now, I've got to ask, with all, all the wrestling that was there, was there a particular wrestling uh, promotion that you enjoyed growing up? Was it? I mean, again, you had WCW, you had the WWF, you had ECW. Uh, um, was there any promotion or particular faction that you really got into? Uh, growing up early on? Well, um, us in Canada, we had TSN. So TSN on Mondays uh, put Raw on, and on Tuesdays at 4 o'clock, so me after school, I could watch the replay. And on Wednesday, we had Nitro, and eventually on Thursdays, we had Thunder. And one one weekend on Friday nights, I came upon ECW on TNN. I was like, what? the heck is this and i fell in love with rob van dam because that was the rob van dam that was with fonzie that was with sabu and i was like what the hell is this is like this is not wwf okay. at the time okay time out time out story time 
Story time. Okay. Story time. With okay, the hold on. Right so, here on episode 395. GA, you're going to love this, okay? And we both have French-Canadian names, so I'm Renee. So, you know, we, we, we already connected right here, bro, but I got to show you this. So, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. My bad, Skywalker. Um, let me let me exit here. My apologies. Um, this okay, right here, buddy. Work. This picture was signed by Rob Van Dam about five years ago here in Kansas City, and he was doing a comedy show. Went to the comedy show with him and my buddy Matt Light, and for some reason, I don't know if it's just this face. After the show, they were. Um, Let's just say they were looking for a way to amuse themselves. And we all know Rob Van Dam's kind of history and why uh, so many people connect with him. I don't know if it's because I'm Latino, bro. I don't know if it's like a stereotypical thing. They're like, it looks like that guy knows where we can get some grass. <laughs> so long story short, about an hour later, somehow, I have no idea how, it has nothing to do with me. They found some. We go downstairs, myself, Katie, Rob, Matt. We're all climbing the ladder all the way up to cloud nine. And he could not have been any cooler, bro. Everything you've ever heard about Rob Van Dam is 100% absolutely true. And, gee, I don't blame you for being a huge fan of Rob Van Dam because I am too, brother. I am too. I've been waiting to tell that Rob Van Dam story. You're here today, and this is the first time everybody else is hearing it. So I had to do it for you, bro, because Rob Van Dam, bro, that's that's my guy, bro, right here in my heart, dude. So I'm sorry right, for interrupting, well, but go ahead. I had to I had to share that. I can concur because Rob Van Dam was in Montreal, and he's he's the same guy that he's on TV. So when you meet him, it's like, hey man, how are you? Like everything good? Yeah, all right. <laughs> like that's how he talks. That's how he is. He's just laid back, and uh, we had a great great match over here. But uh, yeah, I concur that Rob Van Dam is just cool. Whether he's on the floor or really high, high, if you will. <laughs> and we're not talking about the frog splash either, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> no. Well, you know, you know, I got to put this one out here. And now that you're talking about it, Renee, we're going to kind of take a little bit of a different tangent here. Best frog splash in the game. And I'm going to throw three of them out here. The two first two you would know, RBD, Eddie Guerrero, and Montez Ford. Your thoughts? Well, RVD did the five star frog splash, which he always like five. he always bounced back. Five. Yeah, he's five. right. Five. It's a good so, point. That's one. Eddie Guerrero always had that smoothness and intensity, and he landed. He didn't bounce back, so you knew he hit it. You're done. But Montez Four is a different beast, man. Yeah. If flies and he doesn't need anything to get the high you know like, he's an amazing athlete and i would i would dare to say that montez for just with the height and the velocity he bounces back he might be the new king of the frog splash i i i gotta say there's a lot of things and you hit right on point there all three men bring a different style of the frog splash to the ring and, and again It'd be, it'd be a definite interesting thing to see. Now, before we go on and talk about FML, and we're going to talk about a lot of great things going on with your promotion, um, I would be remiss. We've been talking about it all night. We can go ahead and throw up the question of the night here. Hopefully, we can get this up here. We've had a few technical glitches here in this last hour. <clears throat> but the question of the night, and we've had a lot of people mentioning it in, in the comments. A lot of people have been talking about Ric Flair in the news as of late. 
uh, getting ready to come back into the ring one more time. In your opinion, who should Ric Flair face in his final matchup? Well, I heard the, the previous answer. So I heard Sting. I heard Ricky Steamboat. How about we do a family thing? How about Andrade? Ooh. He would make Rick look like a million bucks. He would do what, what like KO did for Austin. He would make Rick look so great. I, I'm I'm a mega fan of Andrade. I love that idea. I can say that's it. a great idea. And like I said, we're seeing all sorts of, of great comments here in the section. And we just had another one right here from our good friend G.A. up at the FML promotion. Now, I got to ask you. You've been around professional wrestling now. If my numbers are correct for 15 years. I got to tell you, when you first started in the world of professional wrestling, what kinds of things did you do? I mean, we're going to talk a little bit later on about your time being the man with the pencil, the man behind the booking, behind the FML, uh, FML wrestling podcast. But when you first got in the wrestling business, what kinds of things did you uh, do and experience early on in your time in pro wrestling? All right. Well, it's it's a great thing. I have a great memory, and people don't know me, but I people know who I've been around. So I started up with CPW up in Ottawa Gatineau region, which was the place to be. Four hundred and fifty uh, fans every two weeks. Every Damn, two weeks. Oh, that's a All house right. right there, boy. Yeah, and they weren't like international stars. It was. Local Canadian talent. So that's a very big point to, to, to know. And the booker at the time was looking for a ring crew member. And it was like, you can have 20 bucks and you can enjoy the show for free and be a security guard. I was like, okay, cool. So I show up first day and guess who are my ring crew members? Player Uno and Stu Grayson. Wow. wow. <laughs> That's memory right there. Wow, dude. Wrestling heaven, brother. <laughs> yep. And uh, at that time, we had our Frank, uh, we had our friend Frank Morin, who is now passed on, uh, that we were the whole ring crew. So I was there with, I didn't know at the time, but I was part of something so special. <laughs> and uh, we did the ring crew, I did security. You always get beat up because you're security, right? So uh, did the ring crew for about two years before the Fed closed. But um, eventually uh, our gang went to uh, IWS in Montreal, uh, which is on the Fight Network and a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, that's where uh, Uno and Stu, uh, they started to pierce. That's when they started to go to Shikara, going to Pro Wrestling Gorilla, the first round. Um, and these guys are amazing human beings yeah. and that's what people need to understand. Like they are amazing, amazing wrestlers. And for the people that say that Stu Grayson was awesome at AEW, you guys don't know the half of it. Go on independent wrestling TV, go see for wrestling, go and watch those matches. You want the real Stu Grayson. You want the world champion Stu Grayson. You want the guy that was able to talk Stu Grayson. Go watch C4 Wrestling. You will see what he really is capable. And trust me, the Dark Order stuff was good, but that that wasn't even half of his potential. Wow. So well, that was the now, I'm going to jump in here. I got I to jump in here. Cool. And now, 
<clears throat> you talk about Evil Uno, you talk about Stu Grayson. I, I've watched a lot of wrestling. Being around it for 30-plus years, I've watched a lot. You can see back here, I've got a, a laundry list between DVDs and books, you name it. I've probably had some connection with it. I have to say, one of the first times my wife was wanting to know about the Dark Order. My wife, the night Al knows my wife, I met my wife on several occasions, she really doesn't get the whole wrestling thing. But she was sitting there, and, and I'm sitting there, I'm watching the Dark Order, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting this. And all of a sudden, she's like, I just don't get it. I'm like, well, tell you what, let's take this a different avenue. <laughs> and I bet went back and watched an event, and, and it was, was hilarious. You had Uno and Delirious in the ring. Oh, and having the opportunity. All right. <laughs> and yeah, and, yeah, and it's one of those where they're talking about <laughs> All the classic 8-bit, and then they talk about things like the Sega Genesis and the TurboGrafx-16, and it was one of the most hilarious things that I had ever seen. And my wife doesn't laugh about a lot in pro wrestling. She was just about rolling on the floor. It was hilarious. <laughs> and, and again, I, I, I got to tell you, I agree with you 100% that there's a lot of things, people like Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and others, if you get a chance... Uh, independent wrestling TV is a great avenue for that. No question so, about it. Well, well, you, the next the next question I've got is this: you 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 traveled to all these promotions, and we go to 2019. It seems like it was so long ago. Honestly, it really does. But you had the opportunity to be in the position of the Booker, and I'm going to tell you right now that is not an enviable position in a lot of cases. Because you are the one that ultimately has a lot of decisions to make. I got to ask you, how do you get into, with all the different things you've done, how did you happen to become the booker for a professional wrestling promotion? All right. Well, we talked about fantasy wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. So who has not played EWR? Heard of it. Yeah, no so and it, it's a software where you're the booker and yeah, you it's have, a simulation. Exactly. So yeah. I I was hard on that. I did eFeds back in the day. Whoa, but, there! <laughs> you're there one you of us. Now. You're one of us. I love you, bro. I knew this was gonna be a great interview because you know that the wrestling community snickers at us, and some guys that start in eFeds and go to wrestling, they're like, oh yeah, I don't want them to know about that. I'm like, bro. This is where you learn how to promo, bro. Thank you. Th- thank you, GA. That that makes me so happy to hear you say that cuz you're you're a real life legit respected promoter and for you to talk about that, I think that's a good thing, man. I'm sorry for interrupting. I just had to say that. I just finished a, a podcast like 20 minutes before I came on. Uh and I was with Tamud's boy, which is half of TDT, a, one of the best, if not the best uh, Canadian tag team uh right now. And he said that I asked a, always ask one question. It is, if you had one thing you could change in the wrestling world, what would it be? And he said, I would like for people to be more professional, stop the, the jibber-jabber, the, the bullshit talking, talking down to people, creating drama, and just support the one thing we all love, which is professional wrestling. Aren't Amen. we all in love with wrestling or not? All and forms. if you are, stand yes, up yes, for wrestling, period. All flavors. <laughs> and some people they, they they stayed in the wrestling world because of efeds because 
they didn't want to watch wrestling because it, it wasn't that strange period what is, where it wasn't watchable. But so, they stayed in the wrestling world because of it, you know? So what, as long as it's good and it's, uh, it's healthy, why not just let people do what they want with the wrestling world? Amen. I, I get you there. Now, as you said, you'd spent a year as a booker. I got I to gotta ask, what memories could you share with us, things that you'll take from that time? Because, I mean, again, being a booker in the world of professional wrestling is definitely something that a lot of people aren't necessarily familiar with. What kinds of things will you take from your time being in that position? All right. So I read a lot. I, I'm, an, I'm an avid reader. I read a lot of self-help book and professional help book. Uh, and Stephen Covey with the seven habits of highly effective people say, start with the end of mind. So usually uh, in Canadian wrestling, at least, we go from September to June. That's our wrestling year. So we start with, we start with the end of the year. Just not all the show, just what's your main storyline and work backwards towards that. So what I did was I used to, uh, oh, it's all black. I don't know if I'm on screen. It looks like it to me. I think that you look good to us, buddy. You're still here. I can still right. hear you. <laughs> okay. So my, 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 don't worry about it. So what I used to do is that I used to take the last show and work backwards. And a lot of the things I had to do was I had a fed that had a lot, but a lot of bad press And it was warranted, like they earned it. It was, you know, those tacky feds that you go there to laugh, not to enjoy wrestling, that kind of thing. And it is what it is. So they gave me an opportunity and I needed to reestablish the reputation. So I had to clear the good old boys click and get some real talent, some capable talent, some people that are actually going to be selling tickets, butts in the seats, right? And... I had to understand who would draw and what type of stories would actually get people enthralled. And we didn't have any stables. We didn't have credible storylines. So we had to like basically quit everything and restart everything. And the first two months, uh, it was incredible because uh, local wrestlers were talking to me on Messenger like it was... Sometimes it was too much. And they were like, uh, do you need me? Do you want me to wrestle? And I was like, I'll see. And sometimes you have to be polite and say, I'll see if there are places on the show. Um, but when you talk to certain talents that are recognized and they're great talents and they're like, yeah, I'm willing to, I'm willing to give you a shot because I know what it is, but I want to see if you can change it. Well, it, it gives you a little bit of like an incentive to work your ass off and get everything done. So if, if there's one thing I remember was the, the, la the show I was at, the first one before I was, well, the last one before I was Booker, we had about 70, uh, 70 paying customers. And the first show I had, I did the promotion, uh, I handled the social media, and we had 140 paying customers. So we doubled the ass and the seats in one show. And the one after that, uh, it was a little bit more, but I saw direct results and people were like, wow, like you changed the decor. We had two big screens. Like we were working our butts off to make this a credible show and everything came to a halt with COVID. 
uh, our, the day of the show, March 20th, 2020, yep. we had a show called Mars Attack. When it changed. In the morning, it was still on. By 2 o'clock in the afternoon, everything got shut down. So we lost a bunch of money. <laughs> um, and it is what it is, you know? And uh, But I'll remember that we had at least two shows that people were all on board. And uh, yeah, I had a great time. But being a booker, what I remember is it's a lot of stuff. You have to compartmentalize your personal life your professional life, and then your wrestling life. So you got like three things you need to really like. I had to wake up at five in the morning, get my workout, and then people were already messaging me. And then you go to work, and some people, they they, they message you at any time of the day, like midnight, whatever. So I like, when I came back home, I had my father of three, you know, so I got stuff to handle. And when they went to bed at eight, from eight to midnight, boom, wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. So... And because I was playing catch up when you're taking a company that's like in the minus 3000 because you're working backwards, it's not evident, but now we're talking FML. We're, t we're not talking the same league. Uh, Oz, who's the president bought the company I was running because he was my mentor. That's how we met. I had my own podcast that was called, uh, raising your value. So it was raising your value in your life and your gym life and everything. And I just shot him an email. of like, would you mind coming on my show and talking about how to raise the value of your wrestling company? And I just, I, he told me, well, let me think about it. And then I wrote, because I always write my whole format of the show. And I sent it to him and it was like, holy shit. Like you did your research. I was like, well, yeah, don't everybody that does a podcast do research and it was like no you're one of the first ones that's ready <laughs> for me and like <laughs> and that's how he gave me my shot because he saw how professional i was how ready i was and Attention how invested i was mm -hmm. right and he came he came here and he did the podcast with me and then we went to the show that i was booking and that's how our relationship went and i was supposed to actually buy the company before COVID hit. And then the other guy, well, he was just fed up and life is life, you know? And I told Eric and T Eric told me, let, trust me, let me buy the company. So he bought the company and it became FML. And, uh, well, everything was stopped for about a year and a half. And COVID in Canada is not COVID in the States. Like we are over, over regulated. Like we closed four times. Like, <laughs> we are so over like we just we just like last week we just got permission to not have mask indoors wow yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. let me just say that <laughs> let, let's let me just say that um everyone should thank their lucky stars that this is a wrestling podcast and not a regular podcast because if it was i would have some choice words for justin trudeau um, a lot of my very, very good friends in Canada are still, like you, suffering with lockdowns and uh, borderline medical tyranny, bro. So my heart goes out to you, bro. You know, I talked to Danny. I talked to some of the guys that are doing work up there. We just talked to Vance in the first hour. I know you heard it. And it breaks my heart, bro, because you guys have so much great stuff to offer up there and for everything to continue to still be such a slow burn um it's hard to watch brother as is people dying from covid i mean there's no great answer here but 
um, my heart goes out to you, bro. And, and listen, you you heard us earlier. We started the show with that. We called the show Oh Canada, right? So <laughs> we're definitely in a partnership here, man. Um, we we love you guys. And you know something, love, and what you guys bring to the pro wrestling world, especially. Yeah, when you, you talk about the world of professional wrestling, I mean, that's one of those things when you look at professional wrestling countries that have made an impact in the world of professional wrestling. Canada's right up there at the top of the list with all the different promotions that have like I said up here. Yep. Now, the, the the last question I'm going to ask before we go ahead and kind of get to our next segment here. You talked about the FML Wrestling Podcast. And like I said, the Russell Talk Podcast now is getting ready to hit that landmark number 400. 400 episodes. I got to ask you, for those who would want to have the opportunity to listen to the FML Podcast, what can they expect from listening to your program? Uh, well, we both have French and English podcasts, so that's one thing. Um, also, the, the the thinking behind FML podcast was we need to be still active. We need, people can't forget about us because we we were FML did 800, 800, 450 sold outs. Three times. The first three shows, they did 800, 800, and 450 people. And it came out of nowhere. They had momentum. Like, it it, it didn't make sense. And then everything stopped. And then you, you, you come back. We, we came back in September of 2021. And we had three shows. But the momentum hit us a little bit. So I don't remember the numbers. And then in December, everything stopped again. And we just, well, we just restarted in March. So the show, everything reopened in March, 2022. And we had like benefit shows for other companies. So we did a fundraiser for, um, for people that living on the streets. We did a fundraiser for, um, I think you guys called it uh, VH, you know, those halls Viking VHH, uh, VFH, I think. It's where VH, it's... Uh, VFWs? VFWs yeah, exactly. for veterans. For veterans, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we got our we got our version here. So it, that was a fundraiser for, for that. Uh, we're helping other feds uh, do fundraisings. But our real shows was May 7th. So it was like two Saturdays ago. That was our first... We did two shows back-to-back. It was a dojo show in the afternoon and we did FML Absolution during the evening. So we just started. And we have our show this weekend. We have an amazing card. And uh, if, I, if I may, if I may, GA, I have actually something that I'm going to share on your behalf. Uh-huh. And and mm. kudos to you, Hardcore Hoss. I know you're still back there uh, running our audio. Can we get a round of applause Please for GA here for bringing his own slideshow to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I mean, come on, let me get let's get this man a round of applause. He absolutely deserves it. We got to give him something because th- this is fantastic. I don't think we've ever had anybody bring their own slideshow to the podcast. Hoss, what do we got, man? We got a, a song or, or or a round of applause or like I don't know something something awesome. Hit it, Hoss. Hold on, we're we're, we're working on that. Our our, our media guy. <laughs> That Barry Horowitz. Thank you, Hoss. By the way, um, also a secondary round of applause to our audio engineer, Hardcore Hoss, in the background, man. Thank you for making everything happen. We love you, bro. 
No problem. All yeah, right. There he is. Right, well, <laughs> love that right guy. Here, but, dude, I mean, can you, great. Can you go ahead and give us a little bit about this matchup that we see right here? We see the graphic. Can you give us a little bit about this matchup, GA? Absolutely. So you must recognize Cheeseburger, world-famous Cheeseburger. Uh, for us, American stars are a big deal because – it's a lot of it's a lot of cost, but it's a lot of investment and faith. So Cheeseburger is facing XS Junior. So it's this is a 16-year-old second generation wrestler. Uh, this guy just just did his first show against Mei Jung Lee and against uh, Dars uh, in C4 Wrestling, which was the company I was talking to you about, which is like the wrestling company in all of Canada at the moment. It's been for 10 years. So and we have Scrapper James Stones, who's a veteran of over 15 years. This combat is going to be a great, uh, and with Cheeseburger, you know you're going to have quality wrestling. So that's that type uh, match for that one. Uh, Dylan Mesho, I think it's the upstanding Dylan match against the rabid honey badger, Ryan Mooney, who are two graduates from the Worldwide Dojo. Uh, so that's going to be something. I haven't met those guys, but if, the, if Cheeseburger is bringing them with him, they must be worth it. I'm getting like a like a John Wick versus a very rabid Joe Dirt in this matchup, man. I'm telling you, these guys look like they're going to kick the crap out of each other. All right, so this is the future stars match. So I, I'm not I'm not sure if you guys know, but uh, two wrestlers that have traveled the borders are Junior Benito and McCray Martin. McCray Martin's been wrestling to the, in the states lately, but these two guys are amazing. Uh, amazing human beings, but amazing wrestlers. So we got eight of the most outstanding wrestlers. And trust me, if you guys can get them in the States, do so. They are all worthy. So this is the cream of the crop of, of Canadians up and coming stars. So we're going. And uh, so TDT and actually the first guy on your left or my right, that's the guy I just finished my podcast with Thomas Dubois. His partner, Mathieu Saint-Jacques, Tabarnak de Team, TDT, are going up against Lock and Loaded, the Golden Gun, Mark Wheeler, and Clutch, Jesse V. So these guys have been in America before, and actually they've been, uh, I think they were in Chicago last week. This is a must-see. And all the, by the way, all of this is going to be on independent wrestling TV also in about uh, a couple of weeks after the show is going to be airing. And after that, uh, this is uh, Deathwish Aiden Prince that you have probably seen on Impact Wrestling, actually. Yeah. Uh -huh. Exactly. So Aiden Prince against Dars, and this guy is something else. This guy, I got a couple of guys that are driving five hours to see this matchup. It's that intense. It's going to be something to see. And by, by the way, right. just by, by first appearances, I will say Dars looks like a very disrespectful young man, and I like it. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about Lucha, Lucha, Guerrero Saya against Invincible Jr. So these guys have been doing their, their rounds everywhere in Canada. Uh, they, uh, I, they're from AAA from Arena Mexico. So they, they, they've traveled. So this is going to be a sight to see. Well, let me just say this, and I'll offer my services because I think that these sorts of matchups, especially outside of Mexico are very, very important for the sport of professional wrestling. Going back to, you know, you're talking about seeing WCW, the cruiserweights, the luchas. Um, if you guys should ever need somebody to translate one of these matches with Spanish commentary, 
you can at least put one in the bank courtesy of the night owl because just like you can speak french i can speak spanish and i think that adds such a such a layer to professional wrestling when you can hear it in another language it just connects everybody together in such an, an incredible way that just let me know bro i would be more than happy to to look at some video and and you know use the mic and put commentary over it because i think matches like this need to be seen outside of canada outside of the states all the way down into mexico and beyond man so just let you know that i mean it 100 absolutely so these are local legends we got shakal against gorgeous mike uh gorgeous mike is a guy from the region that the show's gonna be so this is a very locally uh awaited match uh carter mason the king of the north is facing uh, the fantastic mosquito el mosquito So El Mosquito is a Quebec-based wrestler, but <laughs> this guy can go, man. Wait, wait. There's this mosquitoes can in really... Canada? I thought it was too cold for mosquitoes in Canada. Am I am I wrong? Well, we we had a week. Oh my God, for Fahrenheit conversion. Um, <laughs> Fahrenheit conversion. Hold, hold on. I'm in Celsius, right? So yeah, we had th days of 30 Celsius this week. So it was very. It was, it was bikini. Worthy weather. Bikini worthy. <laughs> and I will say, we I will admit as an American, we're very, very arrogant because we're different from everybody else. It's just our fault. I, I will take the blame for that. All right. So uh, this is a VIP rumble. So this is the VIP match uh, before the event. And the winner of this will face uh, our, our FML champion, Excess, for the title. So this is a very important wow. rumble. Dude, a question for you when it comes to the Rumbles. Do you prefer typically to lead shows off with it? A lot of promoters do. Can you tell me why? I'm curious about that. Um, well, first off, we have VIP tickets. So uh, there are $30 Canadian, uh, uh, Canadian dollars for first row. Uh, and so we want to hype up the VIP. We want to we sell tickets online. And not wait for arrivals because arrivals, you never know what you're going to get. But we had an amazing pre-sale. We had like 10 VIP tickets left online and uh, and we had physical tickets too. So we want intense people because here people like rumbles. So why not put it as the VIP rumble? So people are like, well, let's buy the VIP tickets. <laughs> so it's just that, mind, that type of mindset. Yeah, and, and it gets all the, the the superstars' exposure as well. By the way, Kobe Durst, somebody I'm familiar with uh, from working here in the States, I believe, as well. Yes, and this is our champion. This guy is a 20-year-old veteran. Um, he's one of the reasons. You had Sexy Eddie, Green Phantom. Uh, you got guys like that, but you had Excess that uh, I believe it was in 2005. They did a show with CZW, and... They had an amazing, amazing match. And that gave us uh, a chance for Canadian guys to go across the border. Talking about player Uno. Talking about uh, Stu Grayson. Uh, Beef Wellington. All the guys that went up in Shikara. These are, this is one of the guys that was part of the Canadian revolution. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, Luke Roberts, when you look at a show like that, doesn't it make you a little upset that You know, we're, we got our jobs and stuff like that. We can't travel more often because you guys heard earlier about my uh, opportunity to visit Canada. It's something that I'll never forget. And, and honestly, if I had the opportunity to take my wife on a honeymoon, which we've never been able to do, I would probably take her to Vancouver. I mean, you guys, outside of the wrestling, Canada is such an absolutely incredible country. Skywalker, 
wow, right? Wow. I got to tell you right now, I mean, again, this is one of those is getting my, and again, it's it really like the two of us are mirroring things because you talk about having your first event back this go round back on May 7th, Dynamo Pro Wrestling had Cinco de Mayo on the 7th. They're having their event this weekend. We're having our event with the uh, Our Tribal Roller Derby. It really gets you excited to see such great wrestling all across North America, not just in a local area like St. Louis, but seeing promotions. And that's one of the things that's great about the Wrestle Talk podcast. We've had so many promotions across North America. We've had promotions from China. We've had promotions, I believe, from the UK. We've had lots of different promotions. And I got to tell you right now, GA, this show right here, if you have the opportunity to purchase a ticket, you need to go online and you need to get a ticket because this is going to be a great night of professional wrestling. I mean, you're going to see a lot of great things here. You're going to see a lot of different styles and it's going to be a great night. I mean, if you get the opportunity to purchase a ticket, do it. Be in attendance. Support your local wrestling because these wrestlers are laying it out there on the line each and every time. Now then, Night Owl, this is the part of the show where uh, I got to admit is is not one of your strong suits. And I'm not afraid. Is, was talking, I was talking. It may not be, but I'm not afraid. Just know this. That is that is true. Uh, Gee, I don't know from what from your all your discussion with FML management before you came on this program. <laughs> uh, every week here on the Wrestle Talk podcast, we have what's called the Wrestle sorry the world famous Wrestle Talk podcast game show challenge. It's an opportunity to where our our guest, that being yourself, has the opportunity to compete against one of our hosts, the Night Owl about professional wrestling trivia. Now, the Night Owl has run kind of in a string of bad luck lately. And Hey, Skywalker, why do we got to talk about old stuff, man? Let's focus on the future, man. Let's not talk about all that. You've run into a string of bad luck, but it doesn't mean you can't turn it around tonight. So my question to you, GA, is would you be willing to participate in tonight's episode of the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge? Absolutely. Okay, and and, and, hey, right. hey, and, and only for this moment and this moment only, just as a token of good luck, okay, just like the Olympics, I'm going to go ahead and wear my colors, okay? So I'm going to wear my colors to this matchup because I feel like um, I really don't even have a chance. So maybe a little USA pin will be what puts me over the top. Now I'm ready. Let's go, baby. Right. GA versus Renee. In the Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, all I can say is, sing it, don't bring it, Chico. All right, well, let's go ahead, Hardcore Hoss, if you would be so kind. Let's go ahead and get some theme music for tonight's episode of the World Famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Go ahead and hit it. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our contestants from the FML promotion in Quebec, GAWA, and the WrestleTalk Podcast own the night hour, Renee Martinez. Now, gentlemen, in a few moments, I will give you information about a professional wrestling topic. Neither of you knew this topic before we went on the air. And your opportunity is when you think you know the answer to the question, you shout out your answer first to win two out of three falls is tonight's victor. 
Do you understand the rules, gentlemen? Yes, I do. Um, just because I feel like this is not going to go my way, I'm just going to let everyone know that I, um, I've been stabbed by my own pin. So I'm already going into this thing injured. Let it be known that GA Wah already has the advantage. But it's fine. The night I will play along. Let's go. And let's All go. right. Tonight's WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge in honor of our guest is famous Canadian wrestlers. I will <laughs> give you three professional wrestlers that hail from Canada. Your opportunity is, is that once you think you know who it is, Shout out the answer. First to win two out of three falls will be tonight's winner. Question number one, gentlemen. This individual has competed in countless professional wrestling promotions. Chris Jericho. No. Including Ring of Honor, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, NXT, and the WWE. Kevin Owens. Bobby Roode. Ladies and gentlemen, the first answer has been given, and it is one to nothing in favor of GA. Kevin Owens was the correct answer. Very good. All right. Now, Night Owl, I'm going to give you this. Your guesses right now have been good. They have been. They've been really serious answers. You've been doing awesome. Bro, how come the topic tonight couldn't have been about, like, tacos or, like, beer or, like, little short... Never mind. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the topic is is against my subject matter expertise. But but yes, that was a good guess, and, and I'm not giving up. I shall not be swept tonight by GA. I'm saying it right now. All right. Well, like I said, at this point, GA is up one to nothing. I'm going to go ahead and throw out our second question. This individual is known for times in the WWE, WCW, sorry about that, and has made appearances in AEW. Having held multiple heart. Hardcore Hoss, I got to go to the judge on this one. I got to go to the judge. Hardcore Hoss? It was not the night out. Oh, man. Damn it. All right. The correct answer was. Can I, re- can I request an Iron Sheik just one more time tonight, please? I, I feel like I need it. I need motivation right here. Let me. Can I get out of here? Fucking bullshit. Right now. Oh, dear goodness. Now oh. that the Night Owl is, is going to have some, some, some problems here. Now, Night Owl, are you sure that you're going to be able to to handle this third and final question. I got stabbed before this matchup even began. I was attacked before the the bell even rang. So do I believe I can not be swept? I'm not very optimistic. I'm going to be honest. But who knows? Maybe like the maybe I won't pass out before the end of the show. How about that? I think I bleed. Okay, that, 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 that's your commentary there. <laughs> sorry, sorry. All right. Now. Here is the third and final question. This tag team has spent time in both the WWF and WCW. Quebecers. One member. Can you repeat that, GA? 
the Quebecers or the amazing the French Canadians? Uh, I'm going to have to go here, and I actually have to consult Overhaus on this one. You sure that we can let that go? Okay. I have to say, Luke Roberts is literally literally consulting with his cat right now. What is this? I have to say, at this point, stupid pin. I know what's about to happen. Go ahead. I already know. Incorrect. Oh. What? What? Here's the pin state. Here is the question. This tag team competed in both WCW and Edge and Christian. No. This tag team, one member of the tag team, held the WWF Intercontinental Championship. Name this brother tag team. Oh, uh, the Fabulous Rougeau brothers, Jacques and Raymond Rougeau. Night Owl? You have been swept, good sir. What? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> a score of three to nothing. G-A-W-A getting the victory with a sweep here tonight. Now, it's the a- pin. The pin. The pin was set up. It was he planted in GA, sent it from Canada, snuck it into my house, convinced me somehow to put it on. And this, this, this is, I, I need a recount. And then on the Bret Hart thing, I had like a, I was like this, I just, Listen, point being, if, if I had the opportunity, I would be at FML and I would tell GA to his face, and you should too, that the night I was robbed here tonight. So get your tickets, damn it. I, I, the pin set me up, man. I feel like I'm complete. Well, as, as <laughs> night owl. Let's go ahead and hit the victory music for GA Watt here. Hardcore Austin. Be so kind. Another great episode of the world-famous WrestleTalk podcast game show challenge. Now, GA, first of all, I want to say thank you for coming on the program. Uh, Again, the FML promotion is really setting the tone in Canada when it comes to professional wrestling. And I got to tell you, I'm going to let you in on a little bit of a secret. We were talking earlier on about how the WrestleTalk podcast is going to be making uh, its way out to the Cauliflower Alley Club in September. Um, I'm not going to fib to you. I'm having the opportunity, hopefully, right now it's still in the very beginning, Inning stages of hopefully being able to make my way up to Canada. Right now, it's tentatively set for, I believe it's late January of 23. Uh, like I said, hopefully, I'm going to make an opportunity because FML has been very gracious to the Wrestle Talk podcast, but they've also been very, uh, very worthwhile for the professional wrestling industry as a whole. For those who would like to know more information about FML or yourself, where can they find that information? All right. So let's start with FML. So it's always F-M-L-U-T-T-E. So it's F-M-L-U-T. So we're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. Uh, so whenever you type F-M-L-U-T, uh, you're going to find us. It's going to be almost this logo right here. Uh, so you can find us there. Uh, for me, you can find me on there also. Uh me, it's G uh, hyphen A 
space ROI, like Patrick Roy, the goaler. Uh, that's how you find me on Facebook. Um, and that's pretty much it. We're, we're easy to find because we make it easy to find us. Well, I can tell you right now, it's always an honor and a privilege to have FML here on the program. And I got to ask you one time here. I mean, again, I consider myself very knowledgeable in languages across the world. Actually, a little known fact is when I was in college, that was one of the things I had considered as a career before I made other decisions when it comes to my professional career outside of pro wrestling. I have to ask you, and you've been very, you've been a great guest. I really hope that we can have you back on the program later on this spring. My, my, my question to you is this. Just for the listeners here, because you were just you, you, the, the 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 words just flow out of you so easy. Can yeah. you go ahead and say the whole name of your promotion? We said FML, and I'm not going to say it's because I would have completely butchered the name. Can you go ahead and say the whole name right here on the program, just so everybody can hear the full name of FML? All right, so it's not fuck my life wrestling, but that's that was the point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew he was gonna let it loose at least once tonight. Bravo. <laughs> I knew he was gonna All let right. it loose. <laughs> so are you ready for this? Because it's a mouthful. So Fédération Montérégienne de Lutte. Thank you. Thank you oh, very wait, wait, much. Wait. All right, wait, wait. So Fede Fédération, give us number two again. Montérégienne. Montérégienne. Yeah. De lutte. De lutte. Yeah, baby! No, Let's go, baby! Yeah! I told you, I was going to get a win tonight one way or another. Mucho bueno, señor! Gracias, amigo. Gracias. And my offer stands, bro. My offer stands. You see how over the top and, and excited I am if you ever need any commentary over any of those lucha matches in Spanish or... Uh, English, man, holla at your boy, man. You guys do amazing work up there. Uh, the last thing, just on a final note before you go, I wanted to ask you this question earlier. A couple of the fans were mad we didn't get to it. Just give me your super quick 15-second answer to this question. Van Housen, Joker, genius. Actually, genius. Because, And by the way, guess where his wife is from? Montreal, baby. Montreal, so Canada. Mm -hmm. That's so right. C4 Wrestling that I've been talking about, Danhausen was a regular over there. Wow. And Danhausen, when he started to do his character, it was all serious. This was Donovan Danhausen. And it was it was being the wrestler type guy, right? And he said it himself. This is only his words. But you know, it takes a genius to play an idiot. This guy's a genius. More gems, baby. <laughs> And people, wow, people were saying that he wouldn't be, he wouldn't have any crossover appeal from indie wrestling to main how to, to to main TV. But here's the thing: people, when when they see something and they'll grab onto it. Look at Orange Cassidy. Orange, it was a slow, slow build. All in <laughs> battle royal, just the shin kicks. People exploded, and people were like. Who the hell is this guy? I did that. I went down Beyond Wrestling. I watched all his matches, and it was like, oh, man, this guy is great. <laughs> Dan Housen is the same thing. Slow start. When, uh, he was on uh, on the chair on the table with uh, when Adam Cole took him out. People popped hard. Okay, maybe it was a fluke. Second week, third week, and now he just appears, and 
you see the ratings. You 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 can see yeah. his numbers on YouTube. He is liked from kids, from people, because people want to have fun. Yes. If wrestling is just being serious, man, like you're missing all the flavors of wrestling. We need that aspect of comedy. Because if you take yourself too serious, then guess what? We're stuck in the bubble of wrestling. Wrestling right now needs to pop out of the wrestling bubble and go into the mainstream. And Danhausen has that potential. That's what people need to realize. He has the potential to cross over, to be on in uh, a TNT show, a TBS show. Remember when wrestlers used to be on TV shows and it was like the big deal? It was a normal thing. Vader, like, Vader was that... on a couple of TV shows when I was growing Boy up. Boy Meets World. Stanford, I yeah. remember. Boy I Meets love World. that show. He was also in Major Pain, I believe. Or is that Bam Bam? One of the two. Yeah, dude. Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Like, King Kong Bundy was uh, uh, was uh, on the Al Bundy show. It's like, people need to get wrestlers into TV shows. Imagine if you have Danhausen appear on a show uh, like The Connors. You know, like oh, that would be sick. The... I'd love to see him on The Simpsons. Wow. That's where I want to see him. Simpsons would be great. <laughs> well, uh, great well, perspective. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out here at you too, though. And again, we're talking about Danhausen real quick too. I gotta say this, and the thing that really intrigues me, and it kind of goes back where you're talking, GA, Danhausen, and now we're seeing the beginnings of Hookhausen. Woo! Mm -hmm. And I think it's gonna be I want to have the final word on this. This is what makes wrestling extraordinary. We're all over the world right now, from Canada to all sorts of parts of the U.S. We're, we're northeast for John, uh, Luke Roberts in St. Louis. I'm in Kansas City. All the people that are watching uh, are spread throughout the country as well. But you can have a guy like Dan Housen with crossover appeal, but then you can also have a guy like Roman Reigns. And you want to talk about two polar opposites. That's what pro wrestling brings to the table everything everything you could ever desire in an entertainer but except they can do it in front of a hundred thousand people at a wrestlemania with a live microphone unlike your actors who get retakes and redos guys that brings us to the conclusion of episode 395 of the wrestle talk podcast two extraordinary guests jay we'll let you have the last word man did you enjoy yourself are, are you happy to be a member of the wrestle talk family and can we have you back soon Absolutely. I had an amazing time and you can invite me. Don't worry about it. I'm very open. I do the own, I do my own podcast. I'm used to this. You see the setup, you see it's I'm badass, bro. I'm taking notes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, just to tell you something, Night Owl, um my answer about Jacques and Raymond, well, Jacques is on my mind because I was with him on Sunday uh, on Sunday. Very good answer. <laughs> we call that a call, we call that a, a, a callback, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, true, that is true. Well, well, yeah, I got to tell you, first of all, thank you for coming on the program tonight. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Now that you're officially a part of the Russell Talk podcast family, I'm going to tell you right now, later on the spring into the summer, we've got to have you back because there's a lot of great discussions we haven't We just barely scratched the surface, not only with FML, but with yourself as well. And I got to tell you right now, I'm looking forward to part two with GA Wild right here on the Russell Talk. And I need a rematch, damn it. Rematch. You hear me? Rematch. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, us, brother. Any any final thoughts from you, man? You've done such an extraordinary job stepping in here tonight. 
helping us with the audio, the presentation. It's not perfect. It's a work in progress, but you play a big part in that, man. Any final thoughts? You know, just another wonderful episode. I've just really enjoyed uh, learning more about our two great and wonderful guests that we've had. And, you know, like, like you said, there's just a lot more that could be gotten into. So, you know, just look forward to hopefully them coming back and getting into more stuff. Well, I love it. Can you send us out with that guitar solo that we were hearing a little bit earlier? I think GA will appreciate this very, very much. Go ahead and hit it. You guys have a great night. We'll see you for 396 next week, every Tuesday, 8 o'clock Eastern time, right here at WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Hardcore Hoss, hit that music. Peace. Tonight, uh...